Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by Drip Shop Live. Shop live streams of sports cards from your favorite sellers right from your phone or computer. Giveaways, auctions, breaks, personal boxes, singles, and more. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Hello, hello. Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. What's that, Joe? Anything you want to talk about, right, friend? Anything you want to talk about. It is season four, episode 43. We're almost done for the year. This is October 29th. We got Halloween coming up. We got uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all sorts of fun stuff. We got, we're going to have a big promotion, right? We're going to have a big promotion. We won't tell everyone about yet. Maybe when should yep, we yep. launch that, Drew? Uh, we'll, we'll wait a couple of weeks yet, I think. But uh, yeah. maybe, uh, maybe like the second week in November, you think? Yeah, we'll do something like that. I think that's good. All right, we got a fun guys. First, first, you're listening to the National Rank podcast. We get we're we're getting so ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we we just love this show so much. My name is Jeff Baker. I am your host for the program. Talk to you from Boston, Boston, Massachusetts, where it is cold. I saw my breath this morning. It is cold here in Boston. It is fall, uh, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host from Dallas, Texas, who's probably going to go out and get a get a tan today. His name is Drew Pelto. Hey, Drew. Hey, it's actually not that hot here. It's finally down. We're supposed to have a high of 63 today, and it rained like all day yesterday. I mean, I would think it got above 50 yesterday, or at least not above 55 or so. But yeah, that's, uh, I mean, the only way I'm getting any tan is if I go out and like some acid rain or something like that. Well, I'm looking at my computer right now. It's sunny and 39 degrees. And it's all of it's all of 39 degrees. It's it's a nice brisk fall day here in Massachusetts. But um, let's get back to what we were talking about. We uh, Drew, Drew and, I, and I have been talking about doing this promotion. We got a, a great idea from one of our listeners, and and uh, we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get something out to him. Maybe I think I want to shoot T-shirts or hats lying around, and I want to thank him for that. But we have a great, uh, a really fun promotion that everyone can get involved in, and we can uh, earn, you know, get get some stuff for for a charity, for a great charity. We're gonna we're gonna work with Signatures to Soldiers. I've already talked to Tim about this, and we're gonna have a, a fun promotion, and we're gonna run it for a whole month. We'll run it from may, maybe uh, I don't know, maybe like December, like November twelfth to December twelfth or something like that, mm-hmm. and it'll be uh, a fun a fun. Uh, thing that I hopefully everyone gets involved in with and we'll give you more details on it in a couple of weeks but uh you know we we, we want to get everyone involved in that so all I'm going to say is start uh, getting some extra TTMs out there right get a, get a couple extra TTMs and we're going to have fun with some TTMs everyone's going to this is going to be a fun, uh, fun promotion that anyone can take take a part in but Drew why don't you let people know where they can find you on YouTube because I love your YouTube uh, vid- uh, videos of course, yeah. If you go to youtube.com slash DFW Graffer, that's Dallas Fort Worth for DFW. You can find all of my content. There I should have another video coming uh, this coming week or so. Been a fairly slow month, so it'll be a shorter one, but I'll at least have something out there. You can also find me at my website, dfwgraffer.com. It has links to my YouTube channel, Instagram, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. Gives you info on all the sets that I'm working on, stuff that I'm willing to trade, looking to trade for. 
anything like that, dfwgrapher.com. You find a DFW Grapher somewhere, that's probably me. Follow Drew on social media. That's all I'm going to tell you. He always has great, interesting posts. Uh, he, you know, he has his, his membership to the Bob Costas fan club up there. <laughs> <laughs> he has all sorts of cool stuff. So make sure you follow Drew on social media. He, you know, he, you're not going to have to hear about his Cleveland Indians slash Guardians because they're no longer playing. But he is now jumping aboard the Phillies bandwagon. He is he is driving the train, so to speak, and he is a, a huge Philly fan. When you heard you heard that big the scream from Dallas, Texas, that's when when. Uh, JT hit the home run last night in the 10th inning. So he was, he was very happy about that. Uh, I will say, if, though, that if, despite that, despite any Philly fandom that I may temporarily have for the next couple of weeks, I absolutely still hate Brad Hand out of their bullpen. We had him in Cleveland. Oh, the guy just, I mean, he, oh, God, he was. I, I mean, had, he had, best I had him on my league. fantasy team for two years. He killed yeah. me every time he, he came in. It was like throwing uh, gas on the fire. He's not yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, he was great there with San Diego for a few years. It's like when they got him in trade, it's like, all right, cool. Yeah, bolts through the bullpen, and he just couldn't do a damn thing with with Cleveland at all. Now he goes to Philly, and, you know, he's blown it twice in their previous series there. So, I mean, maybe they've gotten smart, and they've, you know, duct-taped him to the bench or something like that. But, yeah, just, oh, man, that's uh, that, that's that's the one downside to me cheering for them. It's like, if, okay, if they win it all, Brad Hand gets a ring out, and it's like, oh, come on now. But, yeah. Well, no, they um, they showed a lot of heart last night because they were yeah. down five nothing to Verlander. Verlander was cruising, and he just the, the wheels came off. Right, two innings, he couldn't do anything. He has been terrible in the World Series in his entire career. He's something like an zero and six record, an ERA up in like the high fives or something like that. But yeah, I mean, blowing a five nothing lead there. You know who the last two managers to blow five nothing leads in a World Series game now are Dusty Baker and Dusty Baker. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> my uncle dusty don't yeah. bad mouth dusty <laughs> you know everywhere you know, just a, a sidetrack on dusty a lot of people in this hobby and a lot of people that i've talked to uh, you know including last wolf love dusty they're huge fans yeah. of dusty they you know Les has met dusty a, a number of times and, and loves them and uh kevin keating who, who we've had on the show from PSA loves them. There's just so many guys out there that, that can't say enough about Dusty. So Dusty must be a great guy. Uh, yep. He's, you know, he's a great TTM, right? He, he is a, yes. a big fan of the hobby. So I am rooting for Dusty. I know people don't like the Astros, the, the cheating Astros. Did you just see the guy uh, lean into the, the pitch last night? Yes. yes. Like, oh my goodness. How bad, how obvious was that? You know? Yeah. Jeez. I'm just glad they called it because I mean, there's so many times I've seen a guy, you know, turn right into a pitch or something and up, oh, you got hit, go take your base. And I'm glad to see it finally enforced like that. So I know. And they're all armored up those guys and you yeah. know, they don't care. They get hit in, hit in, a, in a pad and it doesn't, doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, there's, there's a many guys. I, I mean, remember uh, this is the guy that, that didn't lean into it and didn't really care with Don Baylor. Remember Don Baylor would get hit and he, oh, yeah. he, he, he like scowl at the ball. He would, yep. he was like a raw um, wall. He wouldn't lean into it, but I mean, he was, he was all over the plate for sure. I mean, he lined up, he stood very close in the box there. Yeah. And I think Winfield, right. Wasn't Winfield one of those guys too. He He was a bit. Yeah. I seem to remember Winfield, but uh, you know, it's, we had, we're game one of the world series was done last night. Last night we're recording this on Saturday morning. And uh, (laughs) I think it's going to be a good world series. I think. Yeah, it definitely seems that way. I mean, it's uh, if game one is any indication, at least you're in for a pretty good one. I agree. Well, why don't you let people know about our radio show, Drew? 
Of course, we're on Sports Map Radio Network all over the country. You can find us on Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. Eastern. If you miss one, don't worry, you can catch the other one. They're exactly the same show. We're called Sports Map Radio, or excuse me, we're called Sports Collectors Club on the Sports Map Radio Network. There we go. I'll get that right. But uh, you can find our uh, info about our show at sportscollectorsclub.com. If you ever miss an episode, you can pick up our past episodes there as well. But yeah, go and check that out if you haven't yet. So we're a lot of the same content that you have on here, but a little bit of difference to it as well. So go and check that out. Well, guys, Drew and I talk a couple times a week where we, we kind of touch base and what's going on during the week. And then we do our, we record our radio show on Thursday nights. And it's like having a, um, a, a straight jacket on for yeah. me. <laughs> we don't have any time to talk. We run through the show and that, that's it. So when we get down to, when we start doing the podcast, Everything, all, all, all rules are off. Drew and I just like, I just like to talk to Drew. I could talk to Drew for 10 hours a day because he, he, he's the man in terms of collecting and he just has such, such great insight. And I hope you, you enjoy it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the, the, the first charter member of the Drew Pelto fan club. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good because I mean, with that, we're limited to like, you know, okay, this block has to be exactly two minutes, three seconds, 30 seconds. This one has to be exactly nine minutes, 50 seconds. And on here, it's like, we don't have that limitation. I can sit here and I can look at you guys and go, I'd like to talk to you about Amway here for a bit, but that's, yep. yeah, I mean, we can, uh, yeah, it's, we can, we can riff on whatever for as long as we want to. And we definitely take advantage of that sometimes again, you know, these two hour episodes there. And so, yeah, I know we, we, Drew and I re- record the show um, on Thursday night and we start our first segments all not, this is behind the scenes stuff guys, but our first segments only like two and a half minutes. So Drew, what we start, we do the introduction and then something comes into my mind and I start talking and I can see Drew's head just start shaking. No, wrap it up, wrap, wrap it up, up let's wrap go. it up. You only got two and a half minutes here. And I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> it happens more than once guys. It happens more than once. Well, I had a, I had a good, pretty good week collecting wise. Uh, I bought some score uh, football packs. Some, I always, I, with hanger packs they're, they're yeah. called hanger packs so back in the day we used to just buy, buy a pack of cards for a quarter or whatever but now now they're hang, hanger packs and they go for like 15 dollars. and i went uh i i, I went zappy hunting because i i wanted to try i, I wanted to get a, a zappy rookie card because they are in score and i bought three packs and no no zappy cards but i did get some patriots and i got a bunch of good cards and uh you know i know score is the kind of a lower end set in terms of um price point but i i liked them i, I like the cards there's a there's a lot of cards in the set and uh i i might collect it i i'm i actually got uh, i think i i need like eight cards for the prestige set oh nice so i'm gonna probably finish i'm gonna go i'm going to the show uh next weekend so i'm gonna try to finish off that set next weekend and i might collect the score set because i do i do like them and it's, it's but there are a lot of cards in the set and then also i got some donruss optic basketball i got three uh basketball packs and i got um i got a jason tatum which i was very happy about and um th- those are nice too but it, you know what you only get i think four or five cards in a pack so uh it's a little little cost prohibitive to get go for the set for that i i like the day i like the days when you can collect sets don't you drew absolutely i mean back when i first started collecting this is like 1990 91 92 around there Every pack you bought, it'd be like, you know, 59 cents for a pack of 91 tops cards. And you're getting what, 14, 15 cards out of that pack. You buy two boxes, you've got a chance of possibly getting the entire set out of it. Now it's like, I mean, those are big sets too. You had everybody was getting a card, 792 cards. You divide that across the 26 teams around then. 
every team is getting like 30 cards in there. So, you know, 29 players in a manager, you're getting the full 25 man roster, four prospects, the manager, there's so much stuff you get out of there. And now 200 cards is the max size on it. You're getting maybe, you know, four cards per pack. So yeah, it makes it a lot tougher on set collectors. Yeah. And, and you're not getting as many cards and packs. And I, I mean, I remember we, my parents used to buy my brother, my brother's uh, four years younger than me. He used, they used to buy each of us a box when they first came out, like in whatever, in that March or maybe it used to be March, I think. Yeah. And we'd get a box of cards. And then from there, we would put together uh, a set just buying the rack packs because mm-hmm. you could see who, who, who you, you, you needed and who you could get. And we'd buy the rack packs and we, we'd uh, finish out a set and then we'd trade the couple cards that we needed with our friends or, or, or with each other. And we do, you know, we'd finish it. We always finish sets we, yeah. you know, from, I would say from 74 on, we were finishing a set. Mm-hmm. It just shows how much the, the, the hobby has changed. I mean, 30, 50, 70 years ago, it was about, you know, completing the set, get every single card in there from one to 792 or 660 or 417 or whatever it was. Yeah. It used to and be 660. About- 660 yeah. was the number. I, I always was 660. And then they, they upped it when uh, Toronto and Seattle came in. And now it's all about hit chasing. It seems like, I mean, you'll find guys nowadays that will buy an entire box of cards, pull the three hits and throw all the commons away. It's weird. I know. I love the base cards too. Yeah. Hey, anyone has any extra base cards you don't want, send them my way. I love yeah. them. I do the same thing. I've got a friend that uh, I work with and he does a lot of box breaking and he would do the same thing. He would keep all the, uh, all the big stuff and put all the other ones aside. And then every so often he'd be like, Hey, I got a bunch of comments here if you want them. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I will gladly take all those. And once in a while he would miss some big cards in there too. Like uh, he had a box of what year would that have been 2016 or 2017 prism football, whatever the year was that had Patrick Mahomes in it. So one of those years there, and he gave me all the base stuff out of there because he kept like all the parallels and kept, I mean, tossing a few of the, you know, lower level parallels and stuff, but any big names or anything like that autographs, he was keeping all those, but I ended up getting all the base stuff there. And there was a Mahomes rookie in there. So there's uh, yeah, he would, you know, I would just yeah. get all this stuff given to me. I'm like, um, yeah, I will gladly take all that just because you never know what's going to be in there. And it's great TTM fodder too, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I want to wish you and everyone out there a happy Halloween. It's yes. a happy Halloween weekend. It's one of my favorite weekends. Uh, we don't, we never have anyone trick or treating here, but it's, uh, I know my daughter had a big party last night. My son's going up to Canby Lake Park, which is an amusement park here up in New Hampshire. And they have in their, um, they have, uh, I don't know, four or five, haunted house mansion things going on and nice. he's doing that tonight and it's just a fun time yeah do you have a favorite yeah. candy do you have a favorite halloween candy? oh yeah we went out and bought a, a bag of reese's cups there i mean that's the you got to go with the reese's cups that's i mean every year i mean they're, the freaking things are orange and brown for god's sake that's halloween colors right there if you don't have your reese's cups you are wrong so <laughs> okay or you're, or you're allergic to peanuts i so, know yeah. you don't you don't get a lot of trick-or-treat so don't no, don't. don't uh eat too much what, anything else uh, going on this week not a whole lot. It's been a fairly uh, quiet week. I mean, I got one thing coming up tomorrow. We'll be talking about that in my uh, stamp of approval, though, so we'll wait on that. I'm probably going to talk to my stamp dealer and get some stamps and start sending out a uh, whole bunch more TTMs here in the next couple months. But I went through, I've got this big box that I have here that I put every, I keep all of my Browns cards in it and all of the, uh, anybody who has ever done like a Rangers alumni event or might do one. I've got those all, this is 5,000 count box. It's completely full with just those two items in it. Nice. But, I went through and pulled a bunch of Browns players, some of whom I've written to before, some of whom I haven't, but I'm going to send out a bunch of those. I think I pulled like 50 players right there. That's a stack of cards right there. Cool. That is a big stack. 
Yeah, so about 50 players in there. We're going to send those out and, uh, yeah, see what we get there. I mean, I went through uh, – so I've got them all alphabetical order, so I just went through the list of former Browns players on SCN and just looked through and like, okay, Mike Babb, yes, he signs. Uh, Anthony Blaylock, no, he doesn't. And go through – just keep on rolling through the whole thing like that last night. So hold all those. We'll get those mailed out and see what we get. I mean, I've got uh, one coming in today that we'll be talking about later on in the success section there as well. Oh, by the way, nice win by your Cavs last night over my Celtics. I heard about that. I'm not, I don't watch a whole ton of basketball at all, but I heard uh, two guys. Levert, I think Levert had 40. Levert and um, what's his name? They just got from the Jazz. He put up 40 as well. Yeah, uh, you couldn't stop the kid. They, um, the Celtics had a chance to win. It was tied at the end with, with like 15 seconds left. The Celtics had got the ball, yeah. and of course, they just held on to it at the top of the key. And, how, and then they gave it to Tatum, and Tatum was, like, being mauled by some guy, and he threw up this wild shot, and not even close to going in. And then they can't uh, – Cleveland came out in the in overtime. I think they hit a th- – uh, I think Murray hit a three-pointer, and then LaVert hit a two-pointer, and then the Celtics uh, – Marcus Smart made some horrible shot like he always does. And then uh, uh, LaVert hit a uh, – Hit something and got fouled, so he got the, he got a three point play that way. And the Celtics maybe got a basket, and then Levert came back and got another three pointer, and it was like, Jesus. oh my god, he was on fire. So congratulations, it was a nice nice win by by your Cavs last night. Nice. My my Bruins, my just one more thing, we'll talk and then mm-hmm. then we'll get get into the show. <laughs> my Bruins are now eight and one. They have the most yeah. points in their whatever ninety years they've been in uh, existence. In in the nine games, they have the most points that they've ever had in their existence. They're eight and one. They beat Columbus four to nothing last night. So Jesus. they they're playing really well. They just got Marshawn back, and uh, it's they they're looking good. Yeah, as I saw, yeah, they were eight and one, which I think they said the like only twice ever has a team won nine games in the month of October. So that's uh, that's rare company to be in right there with even eight wins. Yeah, the Pasternak I think is is on a two point a game. Uh, thing and both they got these two two goaltenders are, are playing great and mm-hmm. um they're, they're just playing well so hopefully that keeps up well guys enough we'll, we'll boring you enough with uh, boston sports talk i'm not even gonna mention my patriots but this week we have buddy curry buddy curry played uh, eight seasons for the atlanta falcons as a linebacker and uh, we're going to talk to Barty about um, his career in the nfl and also uh, signing autographs and stuff so that is coming up uh, a little later next week we have brian luden from ludex ludex is um a cool app where you can keep track of your your cards you scan them right into your phone or your your laptop and uh it gets uh, you know real-time pricing comes in and it, it uh, you know it's got ai so that you scan the card and it knows what card it is and what who is it in the whole nine yards i just uh, i downloaded it the other day i've been playing around with it this uh the last three, three or four days, and it's a pretty good app. So we're going to talk to Brian Luden, who's the CEO and founder of Ludex next week. This week, Buddy Curry. Next week, Brian Luden. We have all our regular segments, right, Drew? We do indeed. Baker's Dozen covering all the news from the previous week in the hobby. Got an interview with former Bruins and Flames goalie Reggie Lemelin as well. Do fast-forward football, where we put in our NFL picks on five games for this upcoming weekend. Collector's Corner with Caleb Craig. We'll be talking to a... Uh, well-known collector out there. He's got a YouTube channel and all that kind of good stuff going on for him. Making the grade, covering everything in the grading world here in the hobby. Stamp approval. Jeff and I give our thumbs up to something from the previous week, week upcoming, anything like that. 
Got the Vern Rap Minute covering deaths in the world of sports, celebrity, music, movies, politics, anything that uh, might be a TTM-worthy area. And, of course, the main reason why you're here are TTM Returns. Yeah, and guys, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a text. Our text line is 978-729-0662. Once again, it's 978-729-0662. Don't worry if you don't write it down. It's available on our website, ttmcast.com, or our uh, podcast website, which is uh, ttmcast.podbean.com. You can find all the information right there. And we'd love to hear from you. Email us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. He does it the best. He's the best at it. TTMcast. That's our web, our, our name of our show, and our email address is TTMcast at yahoo.com. There it is. Well, guys, that wraps our, our all our introductions. And sorry, we uh, kind of had a little brain dump there. So all the stuff that was on the, the, the front of my mind, you can see how my mind works sometimes. <laughs> but we're going to go right into Baker's Dozen next. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Baker's Dozen is a new summary of what's been going on in the hobby. And uh, as always, it's been a busy week. I just want to remind everyone to check out my articles on TTMing and autograph collecting on sportscollectorsdaily.com. It's sportscollectorsdaily.com. Brand new article every week, usually Monday morning or Tuesday morning. Make sure you check it out. Uh, a lot of fun tips. You can see all my successes, uh, little stories about the guys that are signing. Uh, some We have some tips on this sometimes, things that are going on with the show, all sorts of cool stuff. So make sure you check it out at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Drew, we have some auction news to talk about. We do a Heritage Fall auction, which will uh, come to an end on November 19th. Uh, has a PSA 8, 1952 Mickey Mantle. It's one of only 35 PSA 8s that are out there. Bidding has already hit $800,000 on this one. The last one sold in February for $1.56 million. So about halfway to that uh, target price right there. Like I said, bidding closes on November 19th. And actually, uh, if I remember right, collectible.com had a chance to sell a PSA 8, 52 Mantle here recently. The shareholders voted no at like 70% on that to uh, against selling it. I think it's like 1.4 million. So I'd be willing to bet this current one that's at 800,000 is probably going to at least hit that level and may even break that 1.56 million that we saw in February. But like I said, yeah, November 19th, I, I, bet that close, I bet it goes to close to two, don't you? Yeah, I would think so the way it's going right now. But yeah, close November 19th, HA.com is the place to check that out. Very cool. Hey guys, 2.4 million. That's the number for this, this week. We had two cards that in auction went for 2.4 million. We had a 2003-4 Upper Deck Exquisite LeBron James rookie card, and that sold on via Golden Auctions for 2.4 million. What was the other one, Drew? The other one was through Leland Auctions, a 2000 Playoff Contenders Championship Ticket Tom Brady rookie card. 2.4 million on that one as well. 
I, I always tell myself way back, I was going to buy one of these and it, it was, it was like a couple hundred dollars. And I said, nah, I don't think so. I'm not, I, I'll wait for it. Of course. The thing is like a million dollar card. Oh yeah. I mean, we've, I've, I'm sure there, everybody's got their story of what they wish they had bought years ago. They could have gotten cheap and didn't, or they sold super cheap before it, you know, hit the roof or anything. So yeah, that's uh doesn't surprise me that, uh, that you that you may have passed on that one at that point because i mean for god's sake tom brady was drafted after spurgeon win who really thought he was going to become what he has no i know you know when i when i when i saw it when i saw it i I was at a show and somebody had it for a couple a couple hundred dollars and a couple hundred dollars for me back then was a lot of money you know i had two two young kids and (laughs) to spend two hundred two or three hundred dollars on a card didn't make much sense back then to me but in hindsight but you know each his own and Tom, Tom and Giselle are, are officially divorced, I guess. So they filed for divorce. So yep. more power to him. Hey, um, Bob Euchre, of course, who played on Mr. Belvedere and was a catcher uh, for the Milwaukee Braves and is a broadcaster for the Milwaukee Brewers and has been a pretty good signer on and off over the years. Uh, he, you know, he's 89 years old now. He's stopped signing for a little while. Um, he, you know, he was signed, he started signing and I think he got inundated with a, a lot of stuff, a lot of requests. So he stopped signing for now. He, he, um, his secretary said he'll probably start signing again next year when the season starts up. So if you haven't gotten Bob Euchre yet, hold off, you'll probably be able to get him neck, uh, you know, in the springtime. That's a good, so I've got a his uh... shows to talk to talk about. Drew, I'll do the first one. You do the second one. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go, there's a, a greater Boston sports collectors club show. Uh, it's been going on for, for years now. I don't know how many years, probably 25 or 30 years now. And it's at the um, Shriners Auditorium here in Wilmington, Massachusetts, November 4th through the 6th. There are tons of um, guys signing, including Matthew Judon, they just added from the Patriots, which I don't nice. think he's had a signing yet. So there's all sorts of uh, guys that'll be signing. Uh, it's a great show. It's probably one of the biggest shows that we have here in New England. You can go to gbsccconvention.com. They are taking uh, mail-in but I would think you'd have to get the mail-ins in pretty quickly because the show is next weekend. Big one up in Toronto coming up. The Sports Card Expo Toronto. That is the biggest show in Canada. Big one for all the hockey collectors out there. November 10th through the 13th. I haven't looked in yet to see who all the signers are there, but usually they've got quite a few of those. Big place to go for anything. If you're a hockey collector, that is basically the national for hockey collectors. Uh, SportsCardExpoToronto.com is the site for that. So go and check that out. They've actually done some uh, cool stuff there for a while. When uh, COVID was going on, they had to shut the show down. They turned the show virtual and did it every six months instead. And so that was really cool to be able to get in on that. That's actually how I met uh, Sal Barry from Puck Junk was uh, through there and got to talk to him quite a bit. Uh, Paul Buxton and I were both uh, hanging out in his uh, virtual booth quite a bit there and talking uh, to all the other collectors out there for a bit during those. But it's good to see that's back live again. So if you're up in Canada, if you're near Canada, if you can get to Toronto easily, November 10th through the 13th, sportscardexpotoronto.com. Yeah, you and I have to do that one year. Yes. I think that, I mean, we're both hockey guys. They, I, I, There's so many guys that are hockey guys that are signing there. It's guys that you don't, you know, either they don't sign that often or you got to, you know, you got you to gotta get Canadian stamps and the whole nine yards. And it, it'd be cool to get up there and see some of the, all the cool hockey stuff. And I love the old Opeachy stuff. And it, it's, it'd be cool to pick up some of that stuff. Definitely would. I mean, there's a, there's a few autographs I still need for like all the hockey sets that I'm working on. And I bet that would be the place where I'd be most likely to find a few of those ones. 
I agree. I think that and the Chantilly show, those are the two shows that I like to like to attend. Uh, well, we got some news from one of our, our, our friends. Yeah, buysportscards.com. You may remember just seems like just a few weeks or even or maybe a few months ago, we were talking about them finally hitting the 1 million cards mark listed on their website. Well, how about we triple that? They have now hit over 3 million cards listed on their website. So if you're looking for an alternative to sport lots and COMC and Beckett Marketplace and eBay, go and definitely check them out. Buysportscards.com. They've got a, they're building up a real nice inventory on there. Yeah, we told Connor he couldn't come back to the show until he hit 10 million cards. Uh, I think we so will, like I next week we're going to have him on hits, then, I guess. I think when he hits five, maybe we'll bring him back on again. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. So, like, I guess that means what next week then we're going to have to throw an emergency, uh, <laughs> the way they're going. emergency substitution there. Yeah. Well, Drew, we, you know, I stumbled across this uh, statistic and we talked about it a little on, uh, on the radio show. Uh, Trey Lance rookie cards. How many rookie cards do you think there are? Well, I've got the number right here, but I'm going to tell, I'll, I'll tell everyone what my guesses were at first. I had said at first, like, I think like 800, Jeff said way higher. I'm like, okay, 2000. He said still higher. I said 7,000 at that point and not quite that high, but what's number 5,184. You could line up one card every foot and you're covering a mile right there. With all the different I know. Imagine 5,184 cards for Trey Lance, who hasn't done squat. He can't even mm -hmm. start over Jimmy G. Jimmy yeah. G, who throws an interception every game. It's, it's amazing. And 2,112 yeah. of those 5,184 cards are autographed. Yeah. That's amazing, too. Well, just, just, just to give you a comparison, Peyton Manning, whose rookie card was in, what, 1998? 98, yes, because uh, had the Browns come in a year earlier, Peyton Manning would have been a Brown. Okay, so Peyton Manning, 1998. Peyton Manning is probably one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. Would you say that's a fair fair assessment? I'd put him as top two. Okay, top better than Montana? Slightly, slightly. I mean, to me, okay, you have to take into effect, you know, what 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 uh, eras they played in and everything. Montana, if if you have to give me one drive to win a game, I'm taking you to Montana or Elway. Yeah. If you need to give me one quarterback to have a great season, the best possible season, I'm probably going to take Manning. I'll tell you, as going against Manning, I was he was the one I always feared. Yeah. So I I'm gonna I'll say I'll say top two, top three quarterbacks of all time. Well, mm -hmm. Peyton Manning had 509 uh, rookie cards, which is still a big number for 1999 or 98. 26 of those were autographed. Just to give you an idea, Trey Lance's uh, the highest number of Trey Lance's rookie cards. Sold for one hundred thousand dollars, one hundred thousand dollars for a Trey Lance card that ha he hasn't done squat. Yeah, M Manning's highest is only seventy-two thousand dollars. Guys, that's what tells you invest in vintage. Yeah, and you can't go wrong if you got one to invest in these guys, Trey Lance and Mac Jones and whoever. I mean, sure, there's a, there's a, a Pat Mahomes and, and a and even a Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert hasn't done squat. Mm -hmm. he is not i don't if he won a, one or two playoff games it's a lot yeah right joe burrow joe burrow's probably the, the the you know he made the super bowl but he didn't win it but did he win it no he didn't win it nope nope he didn't win it. i mean joe burrow is a, a a great quarterback but none of these guys have done anything yeah josh allen has josh allen won a super bowl not yet not yet <laughs> i mean but everyone's putting in a hundred thousand two hundred thousand dollars on these guys Take your money is, and, and invest in vintage guys. That's what, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. 
All I can say is, I mean, beware of, you know, a guy like Johnny Manziel. How highly touted was he coming out of college? He's a Heisman winner. He, you know, brought A&M onto a national stage because, I mean, they were always, you know, second to Longhorns, even in Texas alone. Brought them onto a national stage for a bit. And they're, I mean, A&M has stayed up there here for a couple of years now. But what did he ever do in the NFL? He didn't do a thing. And how much did people invest in Johnny Manziel? I mean, I know. You look at companies like, I mean, Panini put in, you know, huge amounts of getting signing him to an exclusive autograph deal and everything. They sold out on his stuff so quickly. They had to, you know, do a second signing with him and all that. And God, I can't even imagine how many collectors out there got burned on this. Just, you know, I mean, how much spending, you know, 200 bucks on an autograph for him, maybe even more than that. And sitting on it now, the guy never did anything in the NFL. He didn't even do anything in the CFL. There he's, you know, been out of football for half a decade at least now, but yeah, I, I got to agree. Go with the vintage stuff. And I mean, true. Zion yeah. Williamson, right? Wanda yep. Franco, yep. Mm-hmm. even Julio Rodriguez. I mean, he did he have a good year? Could he be a, a, a superstar? Yeah, but you don't know. It's a, it's a lottery invest, ticket at this point. Invest in Roberto Clemente. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. Invest I mean, in Bill Russell. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Walton. Invest in Bill Walton. These. Yeah. It's okay. Well, ready? You want to get off the soapbox? I'm <laughs> just gonna say five thousand Trey Lance rookie cards, five hundred Peyton Mannings. How many Joe Mon- How many rookie cards did Joe Montana have? Yeah, as far as I know, five, one. Ten. Yeah, oh, right. maybe five. Maybe 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 up in the. It might have hit ten once you include like you know regional issues and stuff like that. But as far as I know, that tops rookie card is Joe Montana's only rookie card out there, at least for a national release. It's the only one out there. So right, by by Joe yeah. Montana, screw Trey, Trey Lance. I mean Trey Trey Lance might be the the best guy ever. I don't I don't know. We yeah. don't know, right? He, he has a yeah you gotta give the kid a shot he's a he, he played one season he got hurt he, he hasn't done anything really this year i think did he get hurt again this year uh no i don't think he has him i mean i haven't yeah, paid super close attention to san francisco in fact, so. he did nothing in college he had one good year in college mm-hmm. and that was uh, at a fairly he, low does, level school that's what it was what uh, south dakota state south dakota state there you go which i mean to be fair they put out some they put out some good quarterbacks but they're still a you know f uh f was fcs school so it's like i mean yeah. he's not I mean, facing top competition does he have the physical tools sure yeah. does he have the me- the brain to play i don't know but probably probably and again five years from now trey lanson might have uh, led san francisco to four super bowls and you right. and, you and i might have egg on our face but exactly but or he might what? be completely We're out of the league lose we don't by know. investing in paint manning or, or joe montana Right. And you're gonna you're gonna lose by investing in Trey Lance. Now I'm not saying don't buy Trey Lance cards. If you buy buy a pack of cards and Trey Lance cards are in there, great. Or if you see a Trey Trey Lance card for a dollar or two and you want to put a few dollars on it, fine. Yeah. But if you're gonna invest a hundred thousand dollars on a Trey Lance card, you're crazy. If I can buy a half a house for the price of a card, I'm not going to buy the card. I'd much rather yeah. have the house. I'll buy, I'll buy, you know, buy a car. At least you have the car, car for right. five, six years, and it's it's useful as opposed to a Trey okay. Lance card that, whatever. Okay, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> we don't get it. Sometimes we're we're, yeah. we're, we're cranky old men's, but uh, enough of that. We've got Drew. This is like a tangent show. We're like all over the place today. Aren't we? Oh yeah, yeah. We're just gonna do whatever <laughs> we want here. That's what we warned everybody about early on there. I know. know. It's like, we, if he wants to stay on topic, go listen to the radio show. All this stuff we don't get to talk about. We're like, that's it. (laughs) The, 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 the straight jacket is off. Well, guys, we have a lot of new releases to let you know about a lot of great new releases. This one's fun. It's from Panini. It's a brand new release. This is not a, uh, uh, a, a brand or what do you, what do they call it? It's a, a program is what the, uh, they say in the, uh, in the hot or in the industry side. Thank you. It's not a program that they've had before. This is a brand new one and it's called the Panini three, two 
baseball. It's 2022 Panini 3-2 baseball. You get one auto, which is a cool auto, one relic. And it, there are multiple relics. It's not just one piece of relic. It's like four, four or five pieces. It's really a ni- the nice relics. And you get a pack of three cards. And that, that goes for $180. You know, and it's a, it's a lot of money for five for five cards, but two of them are, are really good, nice encased autos, an encased auto, encased relic. And the other the other three, one's a a rookie, one I think was a a, a numbered card, and I forget what the the, the third one was, but it, it, they're nice cards, so not bad for one hundred eighty dollars. Good job, Panini. They didn't they didn't uh, price it at thirty five hundred dollars like like National Treasures. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd seen I'd see some breaks on it. Give it a try. Panini 3-2, 2022 baseball is now out for 180 bucks. Got a, a similar size product coming out with a Panini Black Football for 2022. Another five-card uh, product right there. But out of those, you get two autographs, a memorabilia card, a base card, and a base parallel. So a pretty nice uh, wide variety of stuff there among those five cards. That's going to run you about $280 for that one. So, again, you know, not super high at all, a little high. Air, but not too bad just can't collect the sets to get a right, right. black a football set there. you can't collect the sets yep. well this is a basketball a little, little more pricey one it's 2021-22 panini select basketball it's 12 packs five cards per pack you get three autos or memorabilia cards in the box they panini select is going for basketball is going for 700 still i'd really like to see that down to about 100 150 but yeah uh, you know they're they're getting their money if select basketball 2021 22 for 700 bucks yes yeah, select and prism have both been uh definitely going up in price here lately i know it's I'd... the same because it's a shame because they are very they're nice products yeah they really are and the problem i think comes down to just there's been that shortage on some of the paper there that's being used for i know you know tops chrome has had to deal with the same kind of issues there as well so unfortunately supply and demand when the supply drops there and uh on the cost of something to, the price is going to increase there even if the demand doesn't so you're seeing that, and unfortunately, that has to get passed off to somebody. It's got to be the collector in this case. So. No, I know, but Tops at least kept the price of Chrome reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tops, uh, meanwhile, they're coming out with their first ever Premier Lacrosse League set. We're going to be seeing that uh, coming up here. It actually just came out. Getting uh, 20 packs per box, eight cards per pack, so 160 cards you'll get out of that. A 200-card base set. You're also going to get two autographs and one relic out of those boxes as well. Boxes that are going to run $200. Is this on your Christmas list? Are you going to find this under your Christmas tree this year? Uh, possibly. We we'll, might take a look into it a bit. Yeah. You know what? I, I have a feeling that price is going to drop a little on these. Yeah. Because I don't know what the demand is going to be. And I think this is the, the initial. I think they put a price point out there to see see if they could get it. Mm-hmm. And Tops is very good at um, fluctuating demand and price. They yeah. if if they have a if they have too much inventory on something they'll drop the price on it i mm-hmm. think i think this one might be uh, a little high right now you know if that came in at 120 dollars or 140 dollars i think it'd really kind of fly off the shelf a little more don't you i think so yeah but i i do like when companies are willing to take a chance on you know niche sports or lesser known leagues and stuff like that i mean tops did a did a set for the uh what was it one of those uh, minor football leagues not the uh not the well, I think it wasn't the USFL, it was whatever the league was before the XFL came in a couple of years ago. It was one of those, the AAF or whatever it was, the All-American okay. Football thing or whatever. They, did, I mean, they've done stuff with that. They've done uh, Pacific, of course, you know, did the indoor soccer sets in the late 80s and early 90s that I absolutely love. And you could find for a couple dollars a box just about yeah. nowadays if you ever find it. 
But yeah, I mean, I like when companies are willing to do that and, you know, give more recognition to, you know, lesser known sports, lesser known leagues, anything like that, and try to help bring them into the mainstream a little bit there. So good on them for trying it out. And uh, yeah, I might take a look into it. We'll see what happens there. We'll see. I went to my local card store last week trying to get a box of pro debut and mm-hmm. they were sold out. Wow. Which is good. Yeah, I like that. There's a lot of interest. So I'm, I'm going to, they, they had more coming in this week. So I had to go back and check it out. Well, speaking of tops, their 2022 tops update series is out. Uh, hobby boxes are 24 packs, 14 cards per pack, which is nice uh, amount of cards. You get one autograph for only $115. Or the jumbo boxes, which I really love, are 10 packs of 46 cards. You get one auto and one relic. And those go for about $225. And guys, all the rookies are in there. Uh, all the guys you want, Rodriguez and uh, Bobby Witt Jr. and Torkelson and every all the guys that, that everyone were, was screaming about that weren't in the, the second series are now all in this update series. So nice checklist. This one might be one to um, just buy and keep. So hold on. Don't open it and hold on to it. And I think because this is going to go up and I think this, this is going to go up in value. What do you think? There's definitely a lot of potential right there. It might be worth, yeah, take a... Grab a hobby box and stash it away somewhere, possibly. I agree. Uh, Panini Chronicles Baseball for 2022 is hitting the shelves as well. Nice uh, grouping of stuff there. You get six packs of eight cards in there, so 48 cards per box. Of course, Chronicles is the one that has multiple like mini sets almost in there. You're going to get a little bit of one style, a little bit of another style, a whole bunch of different ones all together in one product. Really fun, uh, really fun break right there. But along with those 48 cards, out of those, you're going to get three autographs and one memorabilia card. All for $130, a fairly affordable price level right there on Panini Chronicles Baseball. Yeah, I like I like the Chronicles. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I do like the Chronicles. Well, that wraps up Baker's Dozen. We we had a marathon show for you guys. And once again, we have a lot, a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, I had the pleasure of going to the Northeast Collectible Show in Quincy, Mass. last weekend. And I interviewed a bunch of former athletes that were there signing. And I had a chance to sit down with Reggie Lemon, Reggie Lemon, of course, was former Boston Bruin and Calgary Flame goalie. And we talked a little about his career and about signing autographs. Reggie is a great TTMer. So please enjoy my interview with Boston Bruin and Calgary Flame, Reggie Lemelin. We are here at the Northeast Collectibles Show in Quincy, Mass, talking with former Boston Bruins and Calgary Flames goalie, Mr. Reggie Lemelin. Hello, Reggie. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for joining us today. Um, is it weird for you to be signing autographs people that want your autographs you know so long after you finish playing the game is it nice for you to be remembered that by your fans i'm always amazed you know it's, uh, still to this day i get like you know probably uh four or five pieces of mail a week you know and uh, it's easy to find your address now you know <laughs> <laughs> no i know yes i know they found me <laughs> Do you have something that you really like to sign? Do you have a favorite card or a favorite I got, picture? I got a lot of cards. Some are better than others, and obviously, uh, you know, it, you want to you want to take your time and because you want to give a, a nice autograph to the people, you know. It's really you. You have a great signature, by the way, and uh, it's really nice to, uh, you know. Have you had any cool stories, people that have shared with you today? I know I've talked to uh, people, and that they've always say, "Oh yeah, I played with your your uncle, or I play, you know, you played with my my great grandfather, or whatever." Not you know, not that you're that old, but yeah. <laughs> did you have any cool stories from anywhere? Any of today, the today, yeah, was mostly uh, yeah, this one guy when my son was about uh, ten or something like that. I, I coached one year. I was still playing at the time I coached one year whatever I could uh, in Linfield 
and he was a, a coach for um, I'm not I, I'm not sure if it was said Saugus or something, but I guess he he told me that one game he wanted to, to speak to, with the referee and the referee didn't want to listen to him, but he said, "Well, you talk to Reggie Lumlin, but you don't talk to me." <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that's very funny. Do you um do you get to see many? Do you go to see many uh, Bruins games nowadays? Are you are you following today's uh, game? I follow I follow the game much more. After I retired from coaching in Philadelphia, it was about 08, I kind of like, took about a few years off. You know, I really uh, wasn't watching a lot again, but I started to watch again, and I really enjoy it. Um, and then I'm still involved with the alumni around town. We do a lot of charity games. We probably have a schedule of about 25 games uh, starting uh, next month. So uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, and you see all the former players and your buddies from the past, and um, uh, reminisce, I guess. <laughs> We're speaking with Reggie Lemelin here at the Northeast Collectibles Show in Quincy, Massachusetts. Reggie is here signing autographs for fans. He's signing cards, pictures, and, and shit, swapping stories, which was really cool. Um, Reggie, do you have a, a favorite game or a favorite moment on the ice that uh, you really can harken back to? Well, people always bring back the save against Patrick Beek in Game 7 of the uh, uh, conference uh, finals to uh, took us to the Stanley Cup finals against Edmonton in 88. So that's a big moment and uh, people remember a lot, but also uh, not a boon moment, but uh, with the Canada Cup in 1984 when I played for Team Canada and I uh, played in the last game and, uh, you know, winning winning the Canada Cup was, uh, for Team Canada was a, was a great moment. Do you have any memorabilia from your playing days? Did you keep any jerseys or any, uh, did you collect autographs of teammates or anything, uh, special mementos, game pucks or anything like that? Not, not that many, but I still have my jerseys and, uh, you know, my, my original mask and obviously my great uh, foam pads that uh, I co-created and uh, brought to, to the league that now everybody is, is wearing lightweight equipment, you know. So uh, that's very important to me. What, what drove you to uh, invent that or come up with that? Well, it's just this guy, uh, you know, I met in uh, San Francisco. Uh, that was the first year of the Sharks, and the Sharks played in San Francisco. And he had a prototype of light foam pads, and uh, I mean, it didn't look that good, but I said, we can maybe work on something. So I started to work with him, and within a year, we, uh, we had a, a nice prototype that I used in the game, and it was very successful. I went... 11 games without losing with them, so the rest is history. <laughs> you, you mentioned the Canada Cup. That must have been something to play with that much talent and uh, for playing for your country. That must have been really... Uh, yeah, it, it's, yeah, you look left and right, and you're with Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier and Ray Bork and uh, Rick Middleton and uh, Michel Goulet and, and, and Grant Fuhrer and Pete Peters were the other goaltenders. And uh, you say, wow, I, I can't believe I'm actually on the same team as these guys. You know, So it's very, very impressive. Was Wayne Gretzky the best skater and passer that, that you played against? Probably not the best skater, but the, by far the best uh, the best passer. And uh, seeing the game in a different dimension, uh, that is like uh, uncanny. He would get behind the net. I don't know how he did it. He would always find the guy that was open, or, or I just he was he had an uncanny ability to yeah. to set guys up. Well, the guys he played with complimented him very well too. They knew uh, where to find the holes and be ready at all time because. It didn't look like they were ever going to get the puck, and all of a sudden it was right on their stick. Is there a goalie in today's game that kind of uh, mimics your, your style at all? Is there anyone that you out, look out there and no. say, No. 
they're all six foot four, two hundred and fifty pounds, right? They're different, and they all play the, 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 obviously uh, in the V style, you know, because they're so big now that they, they don't have to stand up. It's just their, their chest covers everything. But uh, the fundamentals of the game are still there. Where, you know, you have to be, um, you know, cutting the angles and doing all that and being laterally very effective. Does it amaze you how fast the game has become and how much uh, room they've given the guys because they, they've kind of cut out the holding? Yes, it has. Uh, well, it, it was a good thing because the game, I thought, was deteriorating and uh, uh, created a lot more offensive, and much better to, to watch also, you know. Um, so uh, it was a good thing. I thought it was very, very good, uh, good thing to, to stop that all, uh, the checking and the cross-checking and the holding. I, I mean, you, you've played the game. Is is playoff hockey different from you as a player than, than being a regular season game? The when reason, you watch it as a fan, it's just incredible. Yes. What makes it also incredible is because you play the same team every night until you win or you lose. So it becomes tougher and tougher with every game because the other team gets to know all your tricks, you know, and, and, uh, and then... It's a matter of will, so to speak, you know, the ones that can last the longest and intimidate the other team the best and that kind of stuff. Was there uh, one player that had, like, the, the hardest shot that you faced in, in terms of, like, oh, no, this guy's coming down, the, the, he's at the point and he's letting one go. I got, I got to be prepared for him. Is there, is there one guy that... He was on my team. Oh, good. That's good. <laughs> uh, Al McGinnis, by far, yeah. was, was a scary uh, shooter. But uh, so in practice, he, he uh, always tried... We had these skates, you know, that had um, uh, sort of a shell... And he loved to shoot the puck off the, on my toes to break the shell. <laughs> the trainers hated him. They had to work too much. That, that's <laughs> he funny. probably did it once a month. You know? Well, we're speaking with Reggie Lemelin. Reggie Lemelin, of course, was a goalie for the Boston Bruins and the Calgary Flames. He was a member of Team Canada that won the, the Canada Cup. And uh, we just want to thank you for stopping by. And Reggie's a great signer through the mail. So keep his mailbox full, guys. All right. Thank you very much. For, thanks for having me. Thank you. Well, Drew, when you go to these the shows like this, you know, even when we were at the National, there's a lot of background noise, and, uh, you know, you can see there's a lot going on. It was a very busy show, and I, I really appreciate Reggie stopping by, and he's a great TTM. We love signing autographs. He signed a card for me when we were at the show, and so if you get any any hockey cards of Reggie, send it out to him, and he lives in Peabody, Massachusetts, which is my hometown. Grew up in Peabody, and we, Reggie and I talked a little Peabody before the uh <laughs> we started having the interview so he it was a nice nice talk with reggie all right drew what time is it what time is it for? time for fast forward football time to hit that button fast forward football guys drew and i'm making our picks right now hit fast forward right now hit the fast forward button guys my picks i <laughs> I just if you can't see me but i'm just shaking my head i i don't i, I still don't know why we do this i really don't <laughs> It has to be because it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, here, here's, here we are with the standings. Last week, I went three and two. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Drew, four and one. Drew, who'd you lose on? Was it the Browns one? Or was it the Patriots? Oh, it was the Patriots one, of course. Yeah. That is that is the one. I mean, anything I pick on the Patriots, pick the opposite of me, because I've been screwing that up, except when they played, of course, the Browns. Because yeah. yeah, you lost on the Patriots. Drew's four and one. Drew yeah. is now taking a five to two lead. I got some going here. It's like, I got to catch up here, guys. I need some help. 
I'm a, maybe maybe I'll solicit picks because I'm not doing too well. <laughs> but we got some. We have five games again this week. I will go first because I need I need some advantage here. So we got the Giants, the New York Giants at Seattle. Seattle uh, Seahawks. Uh, Seattle has been surprisingly good. Giants are I think five and one, right? Or yeah. six and one, something like that. They're they're having a great year. Seattle is a three point favorite. I looked at this line and I said, really? I would have thought yeah. the Giants would have been the three-point favorite. So yeah. looking at the line, thinking what I the way I'm thinking, I'm just going to take Seattle. Who do you want, Drew? I'm going to go opposite of you. I'm going to take the Giants on this one. They've done a really good job of uh, preserving Saquon Barkley throughout games. I read uh, earlier today that he has the most second-half carries out of any running back in the NFL Nick Chubb is second behind him and is 30 carries behind him. So wow. they're doing a good job of making sure that he's still able to be used late in games there. So I got to go with the Giants here. All right. You got him. All right. San Francisco 49ers and my boy, Jimmy G. Visit the Atlanta, the, the Atlanta, the LA Rams. The Rams are one and a half point favorite. So Drew, who do you like? Rams have kind of been underwhelming this year, but I got to go with them. San Francisco just is so inconsistent to me. I got to take the Rams on this. All right. I'm going to take, I, you know what, just because I need some wins here, I was going to take the Rams too, but I'll take San Francisco. All right. Because I need to, I, I, I got to get, I, you know, if I, we tie, that does me no good. Right. <laughs> All right. This one, we have the Green Bay Packers at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are giving 11 points. Aaron Rodgers on 11 points. Have you ever <laughs> seen that? I can't think of any time I have. Wow, that's... I know. Wow. I told you, these are crazy lines this week. I'm going to take the Bills. Wow. I'll give the 11. I can. I mean, the Bills, I think, are definitely going to win it. There's something wrong with Green Bay this year, but I think the Packers are going to be able to keep it closer than 11. So let's give me Green Bay. All right. All right, another crazy line. I, when I saw this line, I was like, what are they smoking? The New England Patriots are at the Jets. The Jets are getting two and a half points. The Patriots looked miserable, miserable yeah. on Monday night against the Chicago Bears. The defense couldn't stop anybody. I'm going to take the Jets in the, the two and a half points. I'm, I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah, I was going to take the Jets right off anyways. So, yeah, go ahead and give me the Jets as well. Go for, we'll, okay. I'll gladly take the tie on that one. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. And last game, we have the last game. We have the Cincinnati Bengals at your Cleveland Browns. The Brownies are getting three. Ugh. Oh God. Um, Browns and Monday night just do not mix. It seems like, so I'm going to go ahead and take the Bengals in this one. All right. I'm going to take the Browns just because I can't tie. Yeah. So keep in mind, of course, guys, now, I... of course the thing is now we've got, you know, four picks that are different. One that's the same. We're probably going to go two, two and one or something like probably, that. Probably. But all right, that's it. I, I've had enough football. I, I, my, my fast forward football is over guys come on back welcome back welcome back we're, this is a faster done. one than we usually do wow this is that one that one blew by <laughs> i just wanted to put it out it's misery <laughs> guys we have a, a great uh collector's corner next and now it's time for collector's corner let's hear from our collector this week I had the pleasure of interviewing Caleb Craig from Caleb's Cards. He's on uh, YouTube. He's on all social media. Caleb is a fantastic TTMer and collector and a really, really nice guy. 
one one of the the best people in the hobby honestly he's just such a good guy and i talked to caleb about just collecting ttming and, and have a little fun uh, talking to a fellow collectors so please enjoy my interview with caleb craig from uh, caleb's cards all right guys it's time for collector's corner and we have a grade one a ttmer on the line with us when i'm talking about caleb craig he is from colorado he has uh, been TTMing for a while. And when I say a grade one TTMer, guys, this is this is the cream of the crop. He's one of the great TTMers out there. So welcome to the program, Craig, Caleb. All right. Thanks for having me, Jeff. It's great to be back. Yeah, we. I think you had him. I had you on probably my first year that, that I did the show. And uh, you and I uh, message all the time. But I thought it'd be a great time to to catch up. I want to thank you for donating to the Lapela Kids um there we got you should see how much stuff we got for, for them caleb it's, it's unbelievable these kids are gonna be so thrilled we just talked to their dad uh the other day they're in a trailer now they get, they're gonna have a trailer so next week or so we're gonna send out down some stuff to them and uh you know i thank you for for donating and and uh you know it, it, it it's fun when we can help right yeah of course and, you know if we have the ability to and the finances to why not try and help somebody and bring a smile to their face you know if you can do it now you've been TTMing for a while, as long as I've known you, uh, and you were really into it back back then, probably four or five years ago. Now, uh, you know what? A lot, one of the thing, big things about TTM is people kind of phase out, right? They get tired. Either they they've hit, sent out to the, all the people they want, or it's like, oh no, do I have to send another letter and get more stamps? And, and you know, it, it's not easy TTM. And you know what? Well, what's kept you going all these years? Um, I think it's. Uh, since I've been doing it for technically eight years now, just surpassed that. Um, it helps to kind of do some projects or to have kind of a, a goal to work towards. Um, I think um, with trying to help autographs for a cure has been a big help. Um, getting some autographs from my friend Bruce in Hong Kong, doing package swaps or um, from my friend Chris every now and then, or even just people I know, people at work, I'm like, hey, um, I like so-and-so or this team. I'm like, you want their autograph? they'll go, you can get that? I said, yeah, I can get that. So uh, I think it just kind of helps to have something. Um, so that's just not like, oh, I'm just sending out a card. Um, if you have sets you want to work on, hey, that's great. I've never been a set collector, but I do have like those cards that, you know, gravitate towards like maybe like Flair or uh, this older Tops cards are pretty cool. So, uh, um you know, I had a good question for you in my head, and oh, you—that's what I was going to say. You—you you were working on World War II guys uh, when I last time I think we we spoke. Is that a project you're still going uh, doing, or, or do you, what are other projects are you working on? Yeah, I'm still trying to send out to some World War II veterans. I got uh, one back today that I haven't shown shown yet. This is uh, Shinye Jima. He was a Japanese language specialist in the Pacific Theater. Wow. Um, so um, it's kind of hard to find some of these guys. A lot of them have passed away since I started doing it. But every now and then I get to find a few addresses. So it's uh, lots of fun to try and write them and uh, see if they respond. No, it's funny is, um, I don't know, 35 years ago when I was in high school, maybe a little longer. I'm, a, I'm an old guy. My um, It was my sophomore history AP teacher got me into uh, autographs and collecting autographs mm -hmm. and i started with world war ii guys world war ii navy guys world war ii uh, army guys and, and i wrote a bunch of them and i have i still have a few of them i you know i i wasn't i was i wasn't more into the 
I was more into getting their letters and, and learning about what they, they were they were doing. And I don't remember if I saved all of them, but I did save a few of them. And it was kind of interesting to to talk to that that the great gen, the greatest generation. You know, those guys had a real different point of view. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, I hope it you know brings a smile to their face that you know it shows that somebody's thinking about them. I know um, for some, you know, it might be kind of hard to tell their stories, but it seems like lately as they've gotten older that they've really wanted to make sure the younger generation, you know, knows what they did and uh, kind of tell their story so it's not forgotten about. And that's kind of one of the things I like to do um, and hope that, you know, my little YouTube videos or the Facebook posts or whatever it might be, um, you know, somebody go, you know, that's really cool. Um, and their stories are still alive, that history is not forgotten. Caleb is on uh, social media at Caleb's Caleb's Cards, right? It's Caleb Card or Caleb's Cards? Yep, Caleb's Cards across all of them. I'll, I'll pop yep. up. Caleb's Cards. He has a great YouTube channel. He posts all the time on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you follow him. He is a uh, he collects not just sports, but he also collects history and uh, celebrities. And how many uh, requests do you think you send out a week? It's probably not as many as when the last time I talked to you, but uh, I try to at least once a month or every other month, try to go through about a roll of stamps. And uh, sometimes that bubbles over. So basically I'll just uh, get on Star Tiger or whatever it might be and see who's signing or who comes up in my head that I might like to try and write to or from all those cards that I find at the antique malls or whatnot. And um, it's usually just start looking on there and find some addresses. And so it's probably about 50 to a uh, hundred a month or two, maybe it depends. That's pretty good. That, that, that's really active for, for eight years of sending out. How many, what's your return rate been lately in the last year or so? What's your return rate been since kind of, uh, you know, since we got into COVID and, and kind of break, since break, break COVID, what's been your return rate? Um, it's slowed down a little bit. Um, it does seem like a lot of people have been willing to sign though, which is good. Some people that maybe never thought would, uh, or even just for a short window of time. Um, but usually I get about two or three a day, uh, except for maybe like on a Wednesday, usually never anything. Um, that seems to be the dead mail days, but usually a couple, uh, two or three every single day. If I stay. Uh, so, but do you think you're at you know 70% of the ones you send out, 80% of the ones you send out? Do you keep track of that? Um, I haven't been keeping track as much lately, but yeah, I'd say about 75 to 80 if I had to take a ballpark guess. Uh, some might take, you know, a month, some might take three or four months, but yeah, it's about 75 to 80%. Do you send out some long shots, people that that met necessarily might not be signing, but somebody that you want want to get or somebody that that uh, is, is kind of one of your your white whales and you're, you're trying to get them? Do you take a lot of, some long shots or do you try to kind of stick to the guys that are you see signing on Star Target or, or Star Tiger or a Sports Card uh, Forum or one of those? Um, most of the time I tech, uh, tend to stick to the guys that seem to have the greater signing history or recent sign history, but every now and then I will try um, if there's like a random address, uh, maybe a via venue address, I might I might give that a shot. And sometimes I have had success with those, but usually most of the time I don't really hear anything back or just get an RTS. What are, what are some of the surprises you've gotten in the last six months in terms of guy, guys are like, oh, I didn't think I was going to get him, but but it came through. Do you have any, um, any surprises or any kind of, oh, that, that was a neat one to get? Um, not that I can think off the top of my head right now. There's just been so many. Um, 
Have you seen the signing habits change? Uh, you know, over the year, over the years, since you've been doing it for so long, have you seen uh, the signing habits of, of uh, former athletes change? Um, lots of seem to have started to start the charge. We're going through like that past pros or one of, or a company kind of similar to them. Um, that's what I've been seeing a lot. Um, some after a while might uh, quit that and they might realize that hey, it's not really doing me any good. But I have seen a lot of people, um, they're always like responding to their letters uh, due to the uh, larger influx of mail I've been getting during this COVID pandemic. I'm now charging for my autograph. So that's been a lot. Um, like I think I got Bernadette Peters. Um, she was she was charging now, and I think at the time I sent, I didn't know she was charging. So um, I guess that was kind of a surprise to get back, but didn't get it signed. <laughs> How um, do you handwrite all your letters, or do you type them? And what do you, what type of questions do you ask the, uh, the people? Um, I've been typing them uh, for quite a few years now. It seems to do pretty well, and I'm always like trying to change it or uh, put something that's kind of about them um, to make it more engaging. Um, these are just, you know, simple things, just tell them about myself and ask them if they're doing all right. And, um, you know, ask if they'd be kind enough to sign an autograph for me and let them know that I'm not selling these or anything like that. I've never sold a single autograph, um, in my collection. I still got them all unless I gave them away to somebody. That's pretty much the only way they leave. Do you, you know, coming up, uh, um, you know, eight years ago and when you started doing TTMing, did you have any guys that mentored you or helped you out uh, and kind of showed you the ropes? Um, I didn't have anybody specifically that, uh, I guess, reached out to me, but there was, there was people that I enjoyed watching, um, which was uh, Michael Rhodes, um, who was the Autograph Network at the time. Um, Wesker Griff was a big influence. Uh, Funky Diabetic One was another one I used to watch. Um, there's a guy who doesn't do TTM anymore, but he's uh, he was top shelf TTMs. And then he changed his name. Uh, recently, I can't remember what it was. And, uh, and there's a few others that I, I've come across uh, through doing YouTube. But for the most part, those were kind of the people I started watching that I was like, oh, I, I think I can do this. And then I started doing videos. So that was probably if, 2013. If there was a, if there was a young kid or, you know, 15, 16 year old kid that, that, that came to you and said, Hey, I really love get, you know, like the autographs, but how do I get going? How, what, what tips would you, you give them to uh, get into TTM? And I'd definitely say, you know, if you have just some common cards lying around some baseball cards or football cards, whatever sport you might like to do, or even if that's not your thing, if you want to do non-sport, um, just definitely go check out sportscardforum.com since they are a free website. Um, you can get going on that, and uh, they got all kinds of tools to help you. Um, I'd also, you know, if they were into watching YouTube or anything like that, I would maybe give some of my uh, tutorial videos that I put on there to, if they wanted a few more tips. But yeah, they could definitely ask me um, just, you know, how do I obtain all these supplies or anything like that. Um, but definitely, if you want to do it, definitely do it. I think uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's definitely been a super rewarding hobby uh, to, to definitely do. And I don't regret uh, doing it. So I know you're a big picture guy. You, so you send a lot of pictures. Out. How, do you, how do you get your pictures? And, and uh, is there a, a secret to you know, getting cheap pictures made, uh, printed out? Um, yeah, I actually uh, have been using Snapfish lately, but you can also use Amazon Photos. They're usually pretty fast 
Um, even Walmart or Walgreens isn't too bad as well. But for the most part, I've been using Snapfish lately. And I've also downloaded the uh, Honey plugin, um, which will scour, you know, for internet uh, coupon codes and things like that. And every time I've done a Snapfish order, you know, it takes nine, 10 bucks off my order and saves me a ton of money. So I definitely, if you're not using that, definitely make sure you uh, check out Honey. Um, but I do have a, a tutorial video on also how to find pictures and things like that um, to show how, how they can come up better so they're not like so blurry and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's that also on my channel as well. Um, some helpful tips. But uh, usually I just search up on Bing or Google or something like that and find images. You mentioned going to you know, antique stores and flea markets. Have you seen, have you found lately in the last year or so that there are less cards and autograph stuff in these, in the stores? Oh, no, there's definitely been more. Um, Good. There's been, there's been a lot of uh, people like reselling some of the new product, like you find at Walmart or whatnot. Um, I don't really go to those because they're way overpriced, but uh, there are still some deals to be had. Um, there's lots of people that, they, might be trying to get rid of what we would consider the junk wax uh, stuff that is, you know, valuable to us TTMers and, you know, have on hand for those players, uh, which I definitely gravitate towards. Um, but yeah, I love buying, you know, those mystery boxes and things like that. I've, I've found autographs. I've found some vintage autographs of like the forties and fifties uh, for like a couple bucks. I'm like, I don't know who this person is, but you know, for $2, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I'm going to buy it anyway. <laughs> it's an autograph. Well, why not? Who who's on your, your list, your want list right now? Do you do you have um four or five uh, athletes or celebrities that you really like to get? Um, someone I've always wanted to try and get, and I haven't uh, technically got him yet. Uh, is Tim Tebow? Uh, he's definitely up there. Yeah, he he doesn't sign. I've tried him a couple times. I haven't had any luck. Yeah, I tried writing when he was in the minor leagues because he signed for a very short time, and then I just got uh, the facsimile. Uh, thing back but i mean that was still cool i guess to get something back um there's lots of like people from like shows that i've been wanting to like try and complete um i like i i used to watch uh, merlin um watch you know lord of the Rings stuff so there's still mm -hmm. some actors and actresses in that that i love to get that uh, don't normally sign a lot I think Andy Circus is one I've tried. I think I've tried a couple of times. I haven't been able to get them, but I see people getting them back all the time. It's like, well, I waited a year, but I got them. I'm like, oh, where's mine? It's been off for like three or four years. <laughs> I know. Doesn't that kill you? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I had that with Archie Manning for so long. I he had he be exciting for everyone, and I know I, I send it and I get an RTS from him. Never get it, never got it, and then it finally it took me like two years, but he finally signed for me. Yeah, it's pretty uh pretty different. It's like he only signs for a month or two at a time, and then anything that comes in is just nope. But I've been fortunate to be able. I think I've gotten him a couple of times over the years, and uh, it was like oh, I guess we'll just stop there. I got a, a two for two there. So, do you, do you do much trading uh, with, with fellow collectors? Um, I have a a little bit. Uh, usually, I just you know if somebody says. Oh, I that's a really cool card or whatever. I just say you want it, and I'll just usually give it to him. Uh, it's not something that uh, specifically I need for a project or anything like that. Usually, I just uh, like make somebody else happy and just give it to him. 
Have you tried working on any sets? Are you working on any uh, sets? I know that, that lately I've seen a lot of people working on a bunch of different sets. Really, the 1987 top set seems to be a big one that people are, are trying to get signed. How about you? Um, well, we will be. Uh, I'm doing a junk wax challenge with Megan for Megan TT Hobbies. And so we will be doing the 1990 Fleer football. So I guess technically I'll be working on the set because we're doing a jumbo pack. But not specifically. There's just maybe uh, if there's some cards I come across I like sending out the 94 flare uh, baseball cards or um, 78 tops baseball or something like that. That's uh, ones that I'll gravitate towards, but I'm not specifically uh, collecting the set because I just know I'll just never get it done. I know. I miss the days when you could go to a flea market or a, a, a yard sale or whatever and pick up the junk wax boxes for $5. Now oh. they're like, they're now they're like 25 to $30, but I, I even, you know, as far back as just maybe two years ago, you could get those boxes for, for five bucks and, and you didn't mind busting them open because, because you, you could get another one for five bucks. Yeah. I, I used to go to the card shop years ago when I was younger and of course didn't have that much money. You know, it wasn't working yet. And you could get like the 92 leaf baseball, 93 leaf, whatever, whatever you wanted for five bucks, 10 bucks, 36 packs. And, uh, and now I'm like, man, I wish I was just bought them all up. But I could have sold them for five or six times my money now. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Do you uh, do you collect on open stuff or basically if you, you buy something, you open it up and use it for TTM fodder? I have been trying to. Um, if I find stuff that's not open, I usually keep it. Um, unless there's like maybe multiples, uh, I might try and open it. But I do have a few um, junk wax era boxes that I have found through the antique mall or on eBay if I found a good deal. And I just kind of put them on my little showcase that's in my room and uh, an open, unopened packs, you, you name it. So, yeah. We're talking with Caleb. Craig, Caleb is a, a great TTMer and, and collector and not just car, uh, baseball cards. He also does all of the sports. He does celebrity. He does uh, World War II and a lot of history stuff. Caleb has uh, got a YouTube channel at Caleb Cards. And he's also on Instagram. He is on Twitter. He is all, he posts all, all the time. He's a, a great friend to the hobby. And um, I know people always reach out to him and ask questions because he's been doing this for, for so long. Um, you never thought you'd be doing it for this long, did you? <laughs> no, I mean, I thought maybe, you know, go off to college or something like that. And maybe it would just uh, kind of fade off a little bit. No, it's still been there. I know it's so fun to, you said you get a couple a day in the mail and that, that's kind of where I am. I do maybe 10 a week and I get maybe like two or three a day, nothing, nothing big, but I, 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 some days I'll get like seven or eight and I'm like, oh, why don't you just wait and send, send me one or two. Do you, do you hold on to them or do you just, do you open them when they come in? Um, I've been holding, I've been uh, open them when they come in, but I think I'll probably the last couple years uh, before Christmas, I've, like last two months, I've been saving them and I open them all on one day in Christmas. So I think I might do that again this year. Yeah, that's what that's what I thought. You know, um, Drew Pelta, who hosts the show with me, he writes the the initials of the guy on the return address, so he he knows who's the car the cards come in. Do you have any any idea who the card is when when it comes in, or is it a complete surprise to you? Um, I do do that as well. Um, cheater, cheater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'll put the initial in one corner and the date I send it out, like the month and year. Um, so I have a, a vague idea, but uh, not always do I know unless it's from a, a super um, uh, scarce uh, postmark or something like that. Like, I don't remember sending this to somebody in Montana or whatever like that, you know. So if it's from California or like Los Angeles or Texas, like that could be anybody, you know, so. 
what's what's your favorite return in the last month or so favorite return um let's see do i still have it here have you gotten any hall of famers or any guys that you you um didn't think we're coming back or any just you know just uh, just let people know that some guys that are signing that maybe they they would uh be interested in you know um really it's mainly been almonds i think i've already put away the ones i had um i could pull up the facebook real quick but i know you have the video going so yeah that's okay well we'll, we'll, we'll talk and you can pull it pull it up while, while we're talking how do you um store your your stuff how do you keep it how do you keep it organized do you display it um are you worried about you know when the stuff they display are you worried about the sun washing the autographs out do you keep them in books? Do you keep them in binders? Well, you know, how do you uh, save, save and, and preserve your, your collectibles? I've actually got them all in uh, pretty much all in binders. And I, you know, I buy the ultra pro pages for the mm -hmm. cards and I get like the eight by 10 pages. Uh, Amazon sometimes has some uh, pretty good deals for the eight by 10 pages. Um, I also put the four by six and five by sevens of binders. They're just kind of like separated by binders. I got cards, 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 and photos, photos, photos. And they're all sorted out by sport or category. Uh, I'm definitely going to need more space for that. But uh, that's what I was going to ask you. How many how many returns do you think you have? Oh, uh, it's probably got to be getting close to twelve thousand by now. That's crazy. It's quite a bit. Yeah, so if I go to you and say, Caleb, I want to see your, your Jacqueline Smith autograph picture. You can you can find that pretty quickly. Oh um, yeah, it should be towards the beginning. <laughs> I'm not of that life. organized. That's why I'm I'm so jealous. <laughs> All right. So I found one here. It's uh Julian Anderson from the X Files was a pretty cool one. Yeah, back. sure. So um I would I would say that one that was probably the great one for the month because I know she usually takes a while and I hadn't gotten her before. And she was in a show, and I can't remember what it was, but there was a reason why I sent her. I always forget that when you send it, like, well, why did I send to this person? Was I think it was for a project that I was working on at some point. So, do you, what time frame do you allow from the time that you send something out to somebody to send out again? Do you wait thirty days, sixty days, a year? What what's your what's your typical time frame? Um, if the person charges, I will wait a little bit. And if I need really need something, I'll send it, uh, you know, within a couple months. Um, but usually if it's somebody I wrote, I'll at least wait a year or two before I would write them again. Um, you know, let them know if there's been any different changes in my life or, you know, see what's going on with them. Um, but yeah, I usually wait a while because I don't want to flood them and then, you know, um, hinder them from being able to get to other people who are trying to get them or may have never gotten them before. Have any uh, celebrities or former athletes uh, contacted you, reached out to you after you sent them something? Um, not necessarily uh, like over the phone or anything like that, but I have gotten like letters back. Um, I have um, gotten like uh, responses back from a, a All-American Girls player. Um, I make her some custom cards every now and then um, to help her out, which... I'd have to find, I can't, her name escapes me too, <laughs> but uh, I, I have, uh, you know, communicate with her through letters a, a few times. Um, so that's been pretty cool. Have you seen the new League of Their Own uh, TV show? It's on, I think it's on Amazon, right? Amazon Prime maybe? Yeah, I saw it was a little disappointing for me. So I kind of, I turned it off and decided to quit watching it. <laughs> oh, I, I think we've seen like five or six of them. I, I I think it's okay. 
Yeah, it was just a little, I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to watch this, so uh, <laughs> I just turned it off. I know, they use a softball in a lot of the scenes, which I, I'm not quite sure why. No. <laughs> that that yeah. bothered me. We're speaking with Caleb Craig. Caleb is from Caleb, Caleb's Cards, Caleb Car- Caleb's Cards, I always mix that up, Caleb. Caleb's Cards on Amazon and on YouTube and on and on Amazon, on YouTube, and on Instagram, <laughs> and Twitter, and all social media. He uh, has uh, a great channel on YouTube. You can check it out. He is a huge TTM run collector. He is a, a great friend of the hobby. If you have any questions for Caleb, Caleb, why don't you give out your email address if people have any questions for you? Yeah, it's uh, calebscards52 at gmail.com. Calebscards52 at gmail.com. Caleb, it was great catching up with you. Uh, before I let you go, is there anything else you want to add? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, if you guys are looking to um, help out the Lampila kids, uh, me and Jeff would definitely appreciate it. And I'm sure they would as well. If you had any uh, unwanted baseball cards or autographs or anything you might think that they could uh, use in their own collection, or maybe they could trade with somebody or sell, they could to get kind of back on their own feet. Um, after the Hurricane Ian, uh, definitely uh, send a message out to Jeff, or you can uh, even contact me and I can uh, get you to him and uh, we can work on getting those donations. So, yeah, you, Caleb, you, you'll be thrilled to see what I've gotten for these kids. I think I've gotten over 13,000 cards so far. I wow. just got 15 autographed baseballs yesterday, which is, is wow. fabulous. I got autographed pictures. We got, I just got a bunch of um, helmets, like mini helmets, like, you know, the, that you get at the, at the game, you know, these mm-hmm. little young kids, she's the, the daughter's eight and the, the son's 13, they're huge Mar- Marlins fans. And they don't need, they don't need Willie Mays and Hank Aaron cards. You know what I mean? They, they, they like the, the, the new current stuff, the base cards, anything yeah. like that. And, you know, they're going to, they're, um, they're, they're just, they're starting school this week, which is a big thing. And they've got a trailer in their, their, uh, their uh, yard right now so they've got a place to live in a couple you know this week i think they're starting so things are starting to look up and uh, i appreciate everyone that's made donations including yourself so thank you my friend it was nice catching up with you check them out at caleb's cards on youtube it's a great channel follow it if you have any questions caleb has been doing ttm for eight years he is he, he ttm's more than just about anyone i know even more than drew i think which is which which is saying something <laughs> So if you have any TTM questions, he is the man. Follow him. He's a, it's a great follow. So again, Caleb, thanks for the time. Great catching up with you. And, and uh, you know, ha- have, a, have a great Thanksgiving if I don't talk to you. All right. Thank you so much, Jeff, for having me back on. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. All right. Thanks. Well, that was cool. I, don't, I love talking to collectors, don't you, Drew? It's so oh, yeah, I, definitely. I, I get tired of talking to you sometimes. <laughs> it's always oh, good to get other, other perspectives. You know that. I'm always a fan. <laughs> Caleb's a good guy. Caleb made a uh, donation to the Lampillo family. So I want to thank Caleb for, for that. And I hope you enjoyed my interview. Uh, that wraps up Collector's Corner. Next up is Making the Grade. Making the Grade is sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. Drew, we're, we're like an hour into our recording portion here. We're only halfway through the show. Yeah, we yeah got, this is... <laughs> we've been talking, talking, talking. So we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna wrap it up a little, guys. Uh, making the grade uh, is what's been going on in the grading community. I just want to let everyone know that CSG has extended their sale. They're twenty uh, percent sale. They were gonna end it at the end of October. Now they're extending it through the end of the year. So make sure you take advantage. Twenty percent off all grading services. 
go to csgcards.com. It's a great deal. If you've been kind of on the fence about uh, getting your cards graded, now's the time. You can save 20% on any ser service you choose with CSG. So check it out, csgcards.com. We're going to have um, Andy Broom from uh, Broom from CSG on uh, either next week or the week after. Talk a little, little um, CSG, but make sure you check out CSG at csgcards.com and save 20%. Got the latest weekly grading numbers from PSA. They've been doing a good job putting that out lately here every week. They graded 228,000 cards this past week, down a little bit from what they did last week. You remember last week, I think they said 292 or something like that. Yeah, some, almost uh, 300. Yeah, some crazy number like that. So down a little bit this week, but still, I mean, nearly a quarter million cards passing through them for slabbing. Pace has slowed down a bit. They're on pace to grade 12.7 million cards this year still, though. So that's, I mean, some great, crazy numbers right there. So good to see that out of them. They've been staying on top of things here got, after getting back on track after slowing down for a little bit during uh, COVID. So nice to see that. I mean, anytime the PSA is cranking out big numbers, that's always, uh, it's always good for the hobby. It's a good sign that we have a healthy hobby, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that wraps up making the grade. Next up is our TTM cast stamp of approval. That's the only time I get to use my radio voice. <laughs> TTM cast stamp of approval coming up next. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM Cast stamp of approval. Introducing Drip Shop Live, a live online marketplace of sports cards and products from your favorite sellers. Discover giveaways, auctions, breaks, personal boxes, singles, and more right from your phone or desktop. On Drip Shop Live, you'll find hundreds of sellers live all the time. Give Drip Shop Live a try. For a limited time, save $15 off your first purchase of $20 or more. Try finding another break or card box that's that affordable. And shipping is always free on Dripshop Live. Go to dripshop.live slash invite slash TTM or find the link in our description to get this exclusive offer. Drew, why don't you do yours first and then, and then, I'll, then I'll take care of mine. All right. Yeah. So I'm always a big fan of any kind of worldwide foods. I'll try just about anything. I mean... I love Vietnamese food more than anything at all. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've put something in front of me. I'll probably try it as long as it's not, you know, like fried, you know, snake or worms or bugs or something <laughs> like that. But they've got a festival coming up here in the DFW area that my wife and I are actually going to tomorrow, Sunday afternoon. They're talking about trying to get in a few other cities as well, but it's called the Momo Festival and is dedicated to Nepalese food. The country of Nepal, of course, you know, where the Himalayas are borders, uh, right in between India and China. But momos are this kind of dumpling they're famous for. They're either steamed or fried. It's usually like meat and veggies all together inside of a uh, kind of like a pasta type dough fried up and uh, either well boiled, steamed, fried, whatever you want for however they cook it. They put it into like a soup. They'll put a sauce over. There's 20 different ways just about that. It seems like you can make these things, but it's kind of the, uh, the, the best known food from the country of Nepal. And there's actually the Dallas area, especially the town of Irving, has the largest group of uh, Nepalese immigrants to it here in the United States. So they're having this festival here dedicated to it. It's going to be right up the road from us here in Arlington. So we're going to go and check that out. The Momo Festival, they're talking about trying to put one in New York, in uh, Denver, Baltimore, and Columbus, Ohio, of all random places. But uh, three out of those four have among the 10 largest populations of Nepalese Americans in them. So if you want to try something new out, if uh, check and see if you have a Nepalese restaurant near you. Check out one of those festivals. They're able to get the uh, other cities off the ground. If you're here in the Dallas area, go and check it out. It's the Momo Festival down at Levitt Pavilion. That's my yeah. uh, stamp of approval for the week. The fall fall is always a great time for food festivals as well. Yes. So if you, you can't go to a Nepalese one, check out a, a food festival in your 
your local area because they're always fun. Well, thank you, Drew. My TTMcast approval goes out to everyone that has helped out and uh, donated to the Lapila family. Uh, they, you know, they the two kids that lost their entire uh, collection in the hurricane a couple well, about a month ago now, right? Mm -hmm. And um, you know the the home their home got destroyed their school got got destroyed and they're kind of getting starting to get back on their feet. We just got an address to send uh, all the donations to. They have a um, a temporary home trailer set up in their yard and they're building rebuilding their their house and uh, they've got uh, they started school last week so things are going much better for the for the, the two kids and and their dad and I just want to thank everyone. We got. Over eighteen thousand cards, uh, the, just regular cards from from everyone. We got uh, autographed pictures. We got baseballs. We got helmets, mini helmets. We got uh, autographed mini helmets. We got um, shirts. We got all sorts of cool stuff. In total, I think we have over a hundred and sixty pounds of stuff going to them. Wow. So I want to thank everyone for donating to the Lampiga family. Um, you know, there's a great hobby. And when, when we put it out on Sports Collectors Daily and on social media, and we got a lot of, lot of interest. Uh, we got some donate, donations from companies. We got donations from uh, collectors. We had uh, so much stuff. Uh, I just had a, 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 a young collector from Arlington, Mass, uh, dropped off a box of stuff to me uh, yesterday. Nice. So we're, we're, we're packing it all up. We have six boxes going out to them. We got bobbleheads. We have all sorts of cool stuff for these kids, stickers and just, just stuff that kids are going to love. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. opening day sets and uh, all the 2022 cards, but we have vintage cards as well. There's 60s cards in there. There's, there's uh, Hall of Famers. There's, I, think, I, think I, I think I saw three Bo Jackson rookie cards and there's just so much stuff in there and I didn't go through everything but just to some of this you know someone I sat because we I had to pack it all up in the um an 800 pound 800 count boxes mm -hmm. to to ship it so you know you see some of the stuff is like good this is so nice so I want to thank everyone for donating to the Lampio family uh these kids are gonna have a great Christmas uh we're gonna send this their stuff out in the next week or so uh and it's really early fun. So I want to thank everyone. That is my TTM cast stamp of approval. True. Next up, the Vern Rat Minute. See, Drew, this week I put it in the right place. Nice. There we go. <laughs> well, the Vern Rat Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rat, who passed away prior to me sending out some TTMs to him. And uh, we do this as a service to our fellow TTMers to let people know who passed away in the world of sports and celebrity. We lost some people in sports and celebrity this week. First, we lost Chuck Bradley. Chuck was a uh, tight end. He was drafted by the Miami Dolphins in 1973. He never played for them. I think he was... He was on injured reserve and he went off and he played with San Diego Chargers and the uh, Bears. He also played for the Southern California Suns in the World Football League from 1973 to 77. He was a tight end out of the University of Oregon. He did not uh, was didn't do many TTMs. Uh, Chuck was 71 years old. Uh, this week, we also lost Ron Gassard. He was a defensive tackle. 
played at the University of Virginia, spent one season in the NFL, played for the 1962 Green Bay Packers, who, of course, you may know won in the NFL championship that year in the pre-Super Bowl era. And uh, after that, he actually, uh, I believe, ended up kind of going into a temporary retirement there for a few years and uh, came back in 1966 in the Continental Football League with the Philadelphia no, Bulldogs. Oh, was no, it no, I looked it up. It's Continental okay. for this one, yep. The Continental Football League, the other CFL, yeah. plays for the Philadelphia Bulldogs there. And what does he do? He helps lead them to a 1966 CFL championship. So the guy plays two years of pro football, wins two different pro football championships in there. So good uh, good for him on that. He became a writer for a bit after his career. He uh, put out a novel, a Western novel, I believe. And uh, he was occasionally a TTMer as well. But uh, Ron Gassert was 82 years old. Sorry, I stepped on any of that. I thought it was the Something Canadian good. Football League. We lost. Yeah. I, I didn't even know there was a Continental Football League until I looked it up on there. <laughs> We lost Walt Corey. Walt was uh, played in the AFL. He played for the uh, Dallas Texans and Kansas City Chiefs, which is obvious. they were the same team. They went from Dallas to Kansas City. He was played at the University of Miami. He was a linebacker. He played from 1960 to 66. He played 69 games in the AFL. He was an AFL All-Star in 1963. He ended up uh, being a, the Bills, Buffalo Bills defensive coordinator for uh, many years. Uh, under Marv Levy and, and uh, you know, was on all those teams that made the Super Bowl. Uh, he was a very good TTMer. He was 84 years old. I uh, lost Jules Bass this week. You may recognize the uh, name Rankin and Bass. They did some animations in the 1960s, the claymation stuff there, especially the ones you might know around Christmas there with uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Frosty the Snowman, one of the producers there of that, but uh, yeah, he was 87 years old. So he was only in his 20s there when he was putting out those uh, 1960s ones. Wow. Yeah, it's just funny that, you know, I was watching this thing on The Simpsons, the like a documentary on The Simpsons, mm -hmm. and all the, the writers were uh, just out of college. You know, a lot of yeah. people, they, you know, they, they're young and then they, they, they find their niche and they, they get they get into something. And Jules Bass was one of those guys. We lost yeah. uh, Leslie Jordan. Leslie was an actor. He was on Will and Grace. He played Beverly Leslie. He was on uh, uh, many TV shows. Leslie was only 67 years old. A uh, big loss in the music world. Jerry Lee Lewis died uh, just yesterday. You, of course, know the song Great Balls of Fire. He was a legendary piano player and uh, bit of a nutcase off the stage. Yeah, pioneer rock well. and roll, right? He was a pioneer. Yeah, he was. Absolutely was. And uh, there's actually a story that when he was a kid, he, he started playing piano from a very young age. And uh, I think his family used to live above like this uh, or very, either above like an apartment above it or very close to this like uh, blues bar, essentially. And sometimes he would just sneak out of there and downstairs and like hide in places and just listen to the blues piano and uh, all the musicians that were playing there and picked up a lot of his uh, playing uh, playing style and showmanship from stuff that would go on in there. But yeah, he was married seven times, including to his 13-year-old uh, second cousin, which really heavily affected his career there. He uh, he got he became a pariah yeah, he lost after a that. Decade. He basically lost a decade. But yeah, he was uh, known as a little bit of a loose cannon off the stage there as well, but an absolutely legendary musician. Jerry Lee Lewis was a good TTMer actually for a little while there, but uh, started having to charge late when he was getting you know multiple people sending multiple albums to him and eventually was charging a $100 fee to sign, but... Great TTMer for a little while, at least there, but he was 87 years old. Yeah, I mean, he was only in his early 20s when he he uh, came to prominence. So, again, another guy that that really started young. We lost uh, Vince Dooley. Vince Dooley was, of course, uh, George, University of Georgia football coach for 25 years, including the 1980 championship. He won with them, and he won many uh, SEC titles. Um, Vince 
Dooley was a, a great TTMer. Vince Dooley was 90 years old. Well, that wraps up the Vern Rap Minute. Our condolences and sympathy go out to anyone that lost someone this week. And next up, we're going to talk a little TTM returns. Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM returns. So I think we're not going to do any TTM returns for Drew because he's just he's been shut out for the last like three weeks. He, he, yeah, he, it's been he, slow. He got so many uh, autographs from the National and from all his trip. He's like, I don't have to. I don't have to get any TTMs. He's got shut out. Yep. But he did get one this week. So Drew, why don't you talk about your your uh, your TTM that's coming in today? Yeah, I'll get one uh, later today. There, I saw it on my informed delivery. There, it looks like it's going to be my Greg Pruitt autograph that you may remember. I mailed out about a week or two ago, but should be coming in today. So we'll uh, definitely let everyone know how that one went uh, next week. There, once I get it in, but. I picked up a few items in some trades and purchases as well. I just hit the 100 signatures mark for my 2021 Heritage set. That's the Major League side of the Heritage set there. I've got uh, between just the regular original set and the high numbers release there. So 725 cards, 792 SIGs required to complete it. And I finally have hit 100 SIGs there. So a little over uh, 12.5% of the way there. So still a ways to go. And uh, just past, I think it was 86 or 87 that I'm up to now on the Heritage Miners set. So little over a third of the way into that one so hopefully those will keep rolling in maybe i can hit 100 on that one before the end of the year or before the start of next season and uh like i said earlier gonna be uh, getting some stamps and sending out these uh, 50 some uh browns players here so hopefully those will come back pretty quickly too he's gonna you gotta put me to sh- put me to shame in about two weeks because you're gonna have like 50 <laughs> yeah we'll see we'll see how long these guys take i'll i'll probably have like you know three of them take you know three years or something <laughs> i got what i get two i got six this week uh and I got um I got my my kicker run continues. I got Eddie Murray, who was a kicker for the Detroit Lions on his 86 tops card. He signed his name in blue Sharpie with a number. That one took, I don't know, maybe like three weeks. This one's kind of cool because I'm a Bruins fan. And I got these. Remember, I got all I got that all of those free cards yeah. from um Facebook. This mm-hmm. was in that free card thing. So I, I got um three Craig Janney cards. I sent his pro set, his tops card, and his OPG card. Uh, and he signed them all in blue sharpie and took a couple weeks. So I usually don't send out three, but I got three. I got three cards in the in the batch, and I got those back pretty quickly. I got uh, Bobby Abier, who was quarterback with the New Orleans Saints. He personalized the card for me and, and put it, signed his name and number. That one took about a month. I got a uh, uh, Todd D- uh, Dunwoody, who was an outfielder for the Marlins, and I don't did he play with anyone else, Drew? I want to say right? the Brewers, possibly. I know. I think he went to somebody after the Marlins, but Marlins is definitely the one that I know him with. Yeah, we say he signed his name and number on his 1999 Tops card. That one took maybe a month and a half. Then I, this one was a cool one. I got Michelle Goulet. I don't know if I talked about this last week, but I got him on a pro set card. This was in that that um, those three cards that I got. Yeah. So he's, he he uh, signed a Chicago Blackhawk. I love the Chicago Blackhawks. The old uh, red uniforms. I love those mm-hmm. uniforms. So he signed that. And then this one I got back yesterday. I got Jeff Van Note, who played for the Atlanta Falcons. I sent him an 83 tops card. And what's cool is his signature is kind of like mine. His Jeff is like mine. So I looked at it like, wait a minute, that's my signature. <laughs> so he signed his 83 tops card, but he also sent two other cards. Um, he sent a 79, and I think this is an 80 or an 81 tops card. He signed in, uh, signed his name and number. So I got three cards from Jeff uh, Van Note, and I only had signed, sent him one card. So that was pretty cool. And that took, I don't know, maybe like three weeks to come back. So those are my returns. I sent, I didn't send, I haven't sent anything out this week. I've got like 
what I do, Drew, I don't know if you do it. I prep mm -hmm. uh, my TTM. So what I do is I, I prep probably like 20 of them. Mm -hmm. I put, you know, I, I have the, the return address, the, um, my letter, basic, my, my, my form letter, and I have everything ready to go. So all I have to do is drop my card in my, and put the, their mailing list on it. So I've got yes. about 20 ready to, ready to go. I just have to pull cards from it. So I'm going to try to do that this week and, and send some more out. I kind of do the opposite. I pull the cards first and then I write the letters and then do all the envelopes and stamping and stuff. But the kind thing of similar I, at least. I, I hate pulling the cards the most. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My problem is I'll, I'll usually go through, I'll like pull like, you know, 200 players or something like that, put them all aside, write out the first 50, send those out. And then the other 150, I'm sitting there going, God, what the hell do I write to this guy? I mean, I, I've got, you know, a bunch of cards of him, but what do I really know about him? And I have to go and look stuff up and. Yep. I get I tired out of like 10 of them. And yeah, I have kind of a form letter. And then I just usually yep. add like a paragraph of like a custom par paragraph yep. or yeah, I'll do it. I just but, looked um, up a yeah, Todd Dunwoody there. I looked him up there just to check. I was wrong. He didn't play for the Brewers. I don't know how I got that in my head at all, but Marlins, Royals, Cubs. And just to prove that, you know, there's a few years there where I completely lost touch with baseball. 2002 Cleveland Indians. Wow. Yeah. See, completely I, I remember him on the Royals. Yeah, I did, but I, that was the only two teams I remembered him on. I didn't, I, I wouldn't remember him on the Indians either. But yeah. I mean, he was one of those guys that was kind of uh, had a lot. Of, he was a prospect, right? He was a, a yes. big prospect, and he kind of he kind of floated around because he was a big prospect. But I don't think he ever really, really hit, right? Yeah, he. I mean, there, I don't, I don't know a ton about him, but I'm guessing there's there's some hole in his game that kept him from becoming a big star there. Because yeah, I remember when he came up with the Marlins, that was you know the big name right there. Marlins win the 97 series. He makes his debut with them in 97 as well. It's like, oh, God, these guys can be stacked forever with this guy coming up. And no, they really weren't. Well, no, no, what I do a lot of times is I, like I'll pick a, a year. Like I mm -hmm. pick 1999 tops. Right? I have a binder with all my 1999 tops in number order. So I'll go into sports uh, uh, collectors.net there and I'll go to the sets and I'll go, OK, 1999 yep. tops. And then I'll just run down like, oh, who's signing? So mm -hmm. he must have been on the list. And I, the card was staring me in the face, and I was like, "Oh, I don't have, I don't have any Marlins. Yeah, I have very few Marlins." And I was like, "Oh, I'll send it to him." So sometimes that'll happen. That I'll get a guy that that, and, and it happened. Like I, I've been doing the 2003 Topps baseball. I did that with. Mm -hmm. I have all these guys like the Timmy Tiffy guy that I got. I got last week. He's yeah. one of those guys that I was just like, "Oh, I don't have him. It's his rookie card. I'll send, I'll yep. send it out. He signs." So that, that's that 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 what saves me from having to go through like twenty stacks of cards to to, to pull pull cards sometimes, you know. Right. All right. Well, that wraps up our returns to the week, and I told you we were going to move this thing along, but we just keep we just keep talking. <laughs> I just keep going. I'm 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 running on the mouth this week. Sorry, guys. Next up is my TTM Cast weekly interview. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. Well, Drew, this was a really fun interview. Some some guys you talk to and they're just like, you know, like they're, they're kind of into it. They're not into it. You know, you know, you, you, some guys, they're, they're not used to getting into, interviewed. And I talked to Buddy Curry. Buddy Curry played um, eight seasons with the Atlanta Falcons. But uh, Buddy Curry is, uh, uh, when I say he's come out of central casting as a coach, this guy's mm -hmm. a coach. <laughs> nice. You, you know what I mean? He just has that, like, I, you, you just want to run. run. If, if he, he was my coach, I'd run through a wall for him. That's nice. the, how 
how cool he is. He's just really a nice, inspiring guy. He was fun to talk to. He shared all sorts of fun stories. He loves talking to fans and signing autographs. And I hope that comes across with my interview with Buddy Curry. So enjoy my interview with Buddy Curry, former Atlanta Falcons linebacker. But first, here's our message from our friends at CSG. All four major North American sports are in full swing. And CSG is celebrating the sports equinox with 20% off grading fees. Now, through October 31st at 6 p.m. Eastern, get your cards graded with CSG for 20% off their already low fees. Remember, bulk submissions have just a 25-card minimum, too. CSG has the best turnaround times with affordable grading fees. Joining us from his home in Georgia is former Atlanta Falcon. His name is Buddy Curry. He played eight seasons in the NFL as linebacker from 1980 to 1987. He came out of the University of North Carolina, where he's drafted in the second round by the Falcons. He played his entire career with the Falcons. He won a co-won uh, 1980 NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year with his teammate Al Richardson. He is a member of the Atlanta Sports Hall of Fame, and he's currently executive director of Kids and Pros, Inc., Welcome, Mr. Curry. Barty Curry, welcome to the show. Jeff Baker, glad to be here. Thanks for having me today. You know what? I was learning a little about your your um, your career. I obviously I remembered you very well at, from your playing days. You're right. You're right in my uh, wheelhouse in terms of when I when I was really following the NFL. And, and uh, I just remember you as being a big hitter. Was was that kind of your forte? Is that what you kind of thought of yourself as a big hitter? Well, as an inside linebacker, yes. I mean, we um, I, I don't know that big hitter, but I had my share of of hits and we No, I remember a big... couple of big hits you, <laughs> you made. I always thought that this guy, I don't want to be on the receiving end of his his hit. Yeah, we 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 were allowed to hit uh pretty hard back then as well. I don't know about that now, but we could <laughs> we could lower the boom. I know. Have you been, you know what? I wasn't really going to ask you this, but it's just been kind of in the forefront lately, and especially this, this week with two um, kind of roughing the passer plays that really weren't roughing the passer plays. It's a different game today than, than uh, when you were playing in the eighties. No. Well, you know, what comes with more money, you know, with the, the exposure. And so any business you want to mitigate the lot, li the liabilities you have. Right. And so that's what the NFL is trying to do. They're trying to, to mitigate head injury. And uh, that's one priority. Second priority is they want to keep the quarterbacks on the field because they can score points, right? Yep. And so th these two calls, uh, I would just, from my chair, were atrocious. Atrocious. And they're, they're just, but, but I, I don't know how you do this um, without playing touch football. And that might be the thing with quarterbacks is that you touch them and they're down because there's difference when you have a Tom Brady that's sitting back in a pocket and he's picking you apart and they, the, he's the goat and, you know, you want to keep him healthy because it's good for visibility and all that kind of stuff. Or you have a Cam Newton that's 250 pounds. It can run over defensive linemen. And um, how are you supposed to tackle Cam Newton um, when he can escape you very easily. It, it's not, it doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. I mean, even, you know, they tried to do it with the going out of bounds and not hitting them, but then the guys walk the, the sideline and it's just really as a defensive player, I think it would be really frustrating. 
the guys, I talked to some of the guys and they said, look, we all consider it just part of the game. You're going to get hit um, sometime. You're going to be flagged sometime. We understand that, but we're not going to decrease our physicality. And so it looks like that's what we're doing. The unfortunate time is when it comes at the end of the game, like you did the Falcons game, um, then you're, that's really, really unfortunate. Um, I know he, he didn't do anything wrong with hitting Brady. I mean, Brady obviously is the Messiah and you can't, you can't touch him, but uh, you know, even last night, I don't know if you saw the Monday night game, the guy tackled the guy, the quarterback tackled uh car the ball was fumbled he had the ball in his hand he put his hand out to uh so he didn't fall on him with his full body weight and he came up with the ball i don't i'm not sure where the the flag was yeah yeah i guess he landed on him too hard yeah i, I, don't, I don't know right <laughs> i don't know well buddy coming out of the university of north carolina you were you were drafted in the second round did you feel have any pressure uh for you to come out and perform uh, originally, you know, initially, it was that, was it hard being a, a second round pick at, uh, in that, during that time? Well, Jeff, the pressure is you put on yourself, right. you know, and it wasn't as visible as it is now in terms of the intensity of the game. So you, you, you come out, you're a second rounder, you're probably going to make the team, but I, I never thought about it that way. I thought I, I looked at myself as I am, uh, swimming uphill here. I'm not going to take anything for granted. So I didn't really look at myself any more special than anybody else. I'm trying to make the team and I'm trying to be the best player I can be. We're speaking with Buddy Curry. Buddy, play, Curry, Buddy Curry played eight seasons in the, in the NFL with the Atlanta Falcons from 1980 to 1987. Buddy, you were chosen as um, co-defensive rookie of the year in 1980 with your your teammate Al Richardson. Was that a surprise to you? Was that something that you know at the near the end of the season, like boy, I'm having a really good season. I I think I might win rookie of the year here. Well, you go back, you understand as a rookie, you're just trying to survive. You're trying yeah. to figure out the league. You're trying to, you know, uh, figure out the defenses, the offenses. And so I'm surviving week in the week out. I knew we had a great defense because we had like four rookies starting on the defense and uh, man, we just flew around the ball. It was a, it was a really joy to watch, to be a part of that and watch us play. And then, golly, I had three interceptions and led the team in tackles. And, and then I had a teammate, Al Richardson, played over tight end. He had like seven interceptions. And, boy, he had, he had a great season. So, you know, was it a surprise? Well, I, I don't know that it was a surprise, but it was, it was kind of a reward for how everything clicked. And, you know, as you know, in sports, things – things click you you have you have like the Braves last year and I'm an Atlanta yep. person but the Braves last year it all clicked at the end of the season they weren't the best team all year round but at the end it all clicked and it did the light like come on did the light come on for you at a certain time in your rookie year like okay I know what I'm doing I belong here it's not everything's not new was there was there a time where you just said okay I'm comfortable on the field and, and this is this is I can make it here the, the light clicked on my freshman year in college. Okay. Uh, acclimating from high school to college was a lot more difficult than college to pro for me. Um, it, I, I'd already learned how to play. I learned how, you know, to be intuitive and study and all those things in the pros. So 
um, I don't know that it was a big uh, light coming on. It was just acclimating to the speed of the game, the, the different defenses, and just go out and play and, and be intuitive. Do you remember scoring your, your only touchdown in the NFL on a fumble recovery? And tell us a little about that. Yeah, I mean, golly, it's I think it was my rookie year and, and I dropped back in, in coverage and all of a sudden the ball comes squirting out and I run up and scooping it and score. So, oh, <laughs> Merry did Christmas. You, did you do you know? a special dance? Did you spike the ball? What did, did you so, act like you've been there before? I wasn't one of those guys. Um, I handed the ball to referee. I'm I'm exhausted because I don't know if I breathed the whole time I ran there. So it's not a, a, a an everyday occurrence for a linebacker to score a touchdown. It was a joy. Who um who was the some of the difficult guys you played against in terms of bringing down and tackling? Was there anyone that you you saw you coming on the other side of a you know Earl Campbell type or somebody like that that was just really uh, like oh no I'm gonna I'm gonna earn my pay today. Well, you know Earl Campbell obviously was a a, a physical. Uh, presence and I had a chance to play against him a couple times you know the guy that we were we really respected and I say the league was Walter Payton you know um, I'd like to say um, that I wasn't a quote smart player because I didn't um, go out of bounds you know you got every inch on every play you did the maximum ability and the way we looked at the game, that's how we looked at it. So Walter Payton, he would not run out of bounds. He would come at you and you knew you had a battle and you respected that. So it's man on man. It's not businessman on businessman. If you understand what I'm saying, yep. I'm going to make a business decision and run out of bounds because I've got to save my body for a long term, the longevity of my career, because I'm going to make more money. We never thought about that. You know, I'm going to make an inch because I want my team to win. I want to be respected in the league. And that's how we that's how we did things. We did you did you were you more of a north south guy or an east west guy when in terms of playing? Did you did you go sideline to sideline or do you did you kind of more go more towards uh, back and forth? Good, good question. I was probably more uh, uh, sideline to sideline. Um you know, the, now I think it's a more north-south game because yeah. you've got the speed and the explosive that these guys are so much better athletes. I think we were now football players. I'm, I don't I don't know that part, but athletic-wise, it's it is the night and day how much better they are. As a fan, the, the one play that I, I loved that I don't think any NFL team can cover is when they bring the. Uh, running back out of the backfield and have them swing past along the sideline. It doesn't seem like linebackers can cover that, the, the running back. Is that, is that really difficult? Um, I think that's difficult. Um, it's, it's almost as difficult as when that running back comes at you and, and you he either breaks right or left and you have to cover him and he's usually faster than you. Yeah. And, and now on a swing pass, you have the sideline that you can, uh, you, you can get, you, he can, you can run him out of bounds, you know, but when he's coming at you and he's got two ways to go, that's very difficult. So now <laughs> so what, what you're doing is you're trying to play leverage. Um, I, I remember and, seeing Barry Sanders break a couple people's uh, ankles doing that. Uh, yeah. Uh, Barry Sanders was, I'm, I'm sure there's some guys similar to that today, but he was in a class by himself. We're speaking with Buddy Curry. Barry played, uh, 
eight seasons in the NFL, all with the Atlanta Falcons from 1980 to 1987. He was the 1980 NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year, uh, along with his teammate Al Richardson. He is a member of the Atlanta Sports Hall of Fame and is currently executive director of Kids and Pro. We're just talking to him about his career. I'm going to talk a little about collectibles with him in, in a minute. Buddy, were there any stadiums or, or fields that you in uh, teams that you like playing against? Well, golly, um, you know, you go, you walk into the, the Jet Stadium. I think it was Shea Stadium. Shea Stadium, they're yeah. playing New York, dun, 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 dun. and I, I said, wow, this is, this is cool. And, and then you, you go to New Orleans and that was a Superdome or, or uh, you go up to, to uh, Seattle and there are some really cool really cool venues but hey at the end of the day you're out there and you're trying i'm trying to get the guy down on the other side of the field right so i didn't really worry about all that stuff too much who who's the best quarterback you played against um you know i think the best quarterback was joe montana in that joe montana was a winner if he needed two yards his third and two he'd get two and a half if he, whatever he needed to do, he made the play. He, his arm was not great like some of the great quarterbacks that you've heard of, and but, but he got the job done, right? Yep. So he was a winner. Um, uh, I played against Archie Manning. I thought thought he was he was good, uh, but Joe. I mean, you you look at the the how competitive he was and how many Super Bowls and and he was uh, he was he was great. Would you rather play against a quarterback that just kind of faded back and stayed in the pocket or somebody like a Lamar Jackson or, or you know, a running quarterback like Cam Newton? What, did you have a preference either way on that? I would not want to play against Cam Newton or Lamar Jackson, okay, or Michael Vick. Um, yeah, let him stay in the pocket. Let us go chase the running back down. And, 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 and But you, that, that quarterback is an unaccountable unaccountable person and he comes out of that pocket especially if you're fast like those guys or you're big like cam newton and that that's a challenge do you have a favorite uh, moment on the field that that you you remember is there a moment on the field that that you, you, you're sitting there when you know in bed and you're like oh remember when i did that <laughs> you know um probably my my rookie year we're playing the dallas cowboys and i grew up loving the dallas cowboys don meredith dro dropping back throwing it hard as he could bob hayes running down the field catching the the bomb right and then then i saw tony dorsett you know play and and then you know here we are my rookie year i'm trying to take his head off you know <laughs> and uh and so that was that was cool. And that whole environment of the playoff game, we had the best record in the NFL my rookie year. And Dallas had one of their famous comebacks and came back and beat us. But that that was probably one of the, the better moments. Did you prefer uh, AstroTurf to uh, grass or didn't really matter to you? Oh, no, we wanted grass. Uh, wanted we grass. felt that, you know, you, that AstroTurf would catch your 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 feet and it was almost like you would get shot. You'd be running and your foot would get caught and boom, you just hit the ground. And, you know, we, we weren't sure about the injury factor of that as well. And, and you know, the turf wasn't like it is today. It was, yeah. you had a, maybe a, a, an inch foam pad and then it was cement. So after the games, you'd wake up the next morning and go, man, I'm sore. Well, look, you just 
slammed your body against concrete 50 times yesterday. Yeah. Some of those places like Cincinnati, New England, right? Yes. Those are horrible surfaces back in the day. Yes. Um, we're speaking with Buddy Curry. Buddy played eight seasons in the NFL from 1980 to 1987, all with the Atlanta Falcons, which is a rarity. Buddy, um, did you have any opportunity to go to another team or you just were, felt at home with Atlanta and, and that's, you know, you had great success with Atlanta? Well, there wasn't movement back then. Um, there wasn't a, a trade. There was, it, it cost too much for the team. So you stayed where you were. Um, and I just have always been somebody, I take the situation I'm at and I, and I live in it and I make it the best I can. And that's proved very, very well for me and, and healthy for me. Um, I don't know about money wise, because if you move, you can usually make more money. But yep. again, then again, I didn't, I didn't play the ball, play the game just for money. I played the game because I, I love my teammates. It was a great living. I, I, I think I handled my money very well, but it, it wasn't the main factor. Now, in uh, 1983, you made 229 tackles, which is the remains the most by a Falcon defender in the season. Did you do you feel like you had a nose for the ball? Did you did the, the ball find you, so to speak? <laughs> yes, um, I was very intuitive. I I was born a hunter. I mean, I, the bottom line, I felt I, I found what I was really good at, which was a linebacker. I couldn't have played receiver I couldn't have played defensive line I couldn't there, there's no other position but I can play linebacker so you 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 have a certain intuitiveness uh, about you that you kind of know where the ball is going and that year I was healthy the whole year um I just took it upon myself to make every play and I was around the ball and I I, I couldn't be blocked which I was blocked obviously Yep. Do, that happens and um but i but I, it's it was a mental toughness thing and also a desire to to just lead the team that way and I, i'm very i'm very thankful that i was able to stay healthy and and that mentality um and your team counting on you was really was really cool and when i sit back and look at it did they have the um the coaches you know, um, radioing, radioing the plays like they do now with the, you know, the guys have the green dot on the helmet and they get, they're getting uh, feeds from the coaches. Did they have that when you were playing? Heck no, they didn't have that. that was, I didn't think so. <laughs> they didn't do that on offense either. You know, the, the quarterbacks didn't have it. So you'd have the hand signals or ever how they got the, got the Do you have a favorite coach? Do you have a favorite coach that, that kind of mentored you at, during, while you were playing? You know, I had several good coaches. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go to that, but I am gonna say I enjoyed winning. Okay, the coaches didn't matter to me as much as let's win the game because everybody is happy. That's why you train so hard. That's why you work so hard. Let's win. We're speaking with Buddy Curry. Buddy played eight seasons in the NFL from 1980 to 1987 with the Atlanta Falcons. He was 1980 NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year with his teammate Al Richardson. He is a member of the Atlanta Sports Hall of Fame. He's executive director of Kids and Pro and Pros, Inc. Uh, buddy, you know what? Um, let's talk a little collectibles if we can. Uh, I, you know, I sent, I sent you a card through the mail and you signed it uh, graciously and returned it very quickly. Do you get a lot of uh, autograph requests through the mail? 
I don't think I did a lot. I probably averaged one or two a week. Okay. And I always look, it's an honor. <laughs> hey, Jeff, it's an honor to play in the NFL. It's an honor to have the status where people want to interact with you. And golly, I've been, I've been in to where it, it becomes a nuisance. If you have so many people, you're out eating and, and they want your autograph and all that. And when you're in the moment, I understand that perspective, but it, it is honored to do what I did, you know? And, uh, but yeah, so. Do you have, um, did you collect cards as a kid? Were you a card collector as a kid? I did. I collected baseball cards. I, I knew nothing about pro football growing up. You know, I, I tell people I, I didn't care about college football. I didn't care about NFL football. I just cared about that one particular play I, that I'm playing right now. I didn't get too ahead of myself. Right. So I just enjoyed playing and it all worked out as I increased my level of, of play to the competition. Right. So, yep. yeah. Did you? Who was your team? Who was your team with growing up? Well, uh, baseball. You yeah. know, I like the Yankees, right? And football, I like the the Cowboys. You know, but God, I didn't watch. I didn't watch that stuff. I went out and played. So I, my favorite thing was playing five on five pickup basketball, and I played it all the time, every day. Um, I just love to compete. Do you have any memorabilia from your playing days? Do you have uh, uniforms or? Uh jerseys or helmets or uh, game balls that kind of stuff i do i have uh, uh jerseys uh a couple of the authentic jerseys and now you know the jerseys are very tight and they're they're, they're tight fitted ours were like <laughs> you know they hung off of you and uh I, and one story i had a had a dehydration problem playing football so by halftime I would have lost 10 to 12 pounds wow so they'd bring me in halftime and, and I'd lay down and they put IVs uh, glucose and saline in my veins and the, the, the defense coordinator would come in and say look now when they get an eye formation I want you to slant left if they go here I want you to check coverage and I'm sitting there I'm going oh like, dude oh. I just want to be able to stand up that's it <clears throat> um but and so what they do is they take my jersey off of my pants and they dry because it was all soaked. I was totally soaked, you know, and then go back out and play. So I got one of the jerseys that you can see the burn, the burn marks where they dried my, my shirt and they burn it. It was too hot. <laughs> How about helmets? Did you keep any of the helmets from your I playing? did. I've got, I've got a, a, my helmet still. Yes. Do you have a favorite? Uh, the Falcons had a couple different iterations of their logo and the helmets. Do you have a favorite one? Oh boy, no, not really. Um, no, you like them all. I love the red one. I love the red helmet with the black, the yeah, black falcon on it. That's my favorite one. Yeah. How about um, autographs? Did you collect autographs at all of your teammates or maybe any any uh, opponents they that you played with? I know the guys now they trade jerseys and you know they they they're all big one big happy family. Is did you uh, did you were you collecting autographs and stuff from your playing days? Well, you know, I didn't. Uh, it wasn't not when I played. Now, when I was in college, I remember Archie Griffin came and spoke and I wanted to get his autograph. And one of the guys that was a little older than me said, buddy, no, you don't get his autograph. You're going to play against him. You know, I said, OK. All right. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't is the decorum wasn't, you know, again, 
what do you want the autographs for? Do you want it for your kids? You want to make money off of it? I, I don't know, but we, we just didn't do that. How about um, during in your playing days? Did you ever go out and just go out? I always ask former athletes this. Did you ever go out to a, a you know a drugstore, a grocery store, and buy a couple packs of cards to see if you get your your own card in the pack? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> no one ever did that. I that'd have been the first thing I would have done. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Do you have a favorite card from your from your playing days? Do you have a, a tops card that you like? Well, there's one, I think I'm, I'm trying to, I, I could look at it, but, but there's one where I think I'm um, sacking a quarterback and, uh, and I, 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 as an inside backer, we didn't bliss that much, but there's a couple of times it opened up. One time was against John Elway and I came right through and he just ducked down and I, I sacked him, but uh, yeah, I like that card. You, you were number 50 uh, in your playing days. Did you pick number 50 or that was, was bestowed upon you? Yeah, that was bestowed. There was no selection. You did what they asked you to do or told you to do. <laughs> that's a great number, though. In, the, in hindsight, that's a great number to get. Yes, it is. I was very – the guy the guy that had it before me was named Greg Brezina, and he played 11 oh, sure. for the Falcons. And so he was an outside linebacker, and I just kind of stepped in. I'm very thankful. Uh, for him now now you're working with the kids uh you have your your uh your executive director of kids and pros inc and you also uh work for usa football's heads up pro football program um do, do you enjoy um teaching aspect of it you know dealing with the kids on a one-on-one -on -one basis like that oh absolutely and and what changed my life and, and we have a big identity problem in our country is that when this was uh about 19, uh, golly, 99 or 2000, I saw a guy go to Duke University. I was living in Durham, North Carolina at the time. And he said uh, to the Duke student athletes, you guys have some attributes you may not even know that you have. You're competitive, you're driven, you overcome adversity, you know how to be a part of a team. You know how to work with people different from yourself. You boom, boom, boom. And I'm going, this is who I am. And I'm 40, like two years old, and I'm figuring out who in the heck I am. So I said, man, this is like Eureka. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to go help other people, you know, learn the things that football engenders. And as you go through it, you learn these things that it will help you be resilient and help you uh, uh, be overcoming the things in your life, which is what we need so much. So I established, uh, got my identity and I've taken the last 22 years and we've done golly 370 some camps and clinics all across the country. And we teach kids the fundamentals of the game, but we also teach them about life lessons. And so, I, so we've done it in a big camp uh, setting, but my favorite is, and I get five to seven kids and I match up an NFL player with the with the those five to seven kids and you have what we call academy which is one hour a week for like five to six weeks and it's amazing what those kids can learn and not only physically but mentally and they they are better in school they understand to be better sons or, or daughters um it just helped make them a, a more complete person why don't you give out the uh, website address if, if someone has a uh, a young 
kid, you know, youngster that's playing football or starting to play football and might want to take part of it. Why don't you go to the website address of how they can get involved? Yeah, so it's kidsandpros.com, K-I-D-S-A-N-D-P-R-O-S.com. Our, our, our um, website is under construction right now, but we love to go to different communities and uh, put on events. We have NFL players teaching the kids, and then we have uh, lessons for the kids. And, and also, I, I speak to the parents, you know, but but the other part of it is I love to coach kids. And, and especially if you're around the Atlanta area, I'd love to spend some time in helping uh, kids really learn about life through football. You know, it's funny, buddy, when I, when I started to learn a little more about your background, I just want to call you coach. I, you know, I mean, some people are just, you, you want to uh, made to be coaches and I could just see from your bio and what you were doing and just talking to, you, I just want to say, okay, coach, I'll, uh, I'll run through a wall for you, coach. What do you, what do you need me to do? <laughs> well, I, I am a coach, so I'm a, I'm a physical uh, uh, football coach, but I'm also a life coach. And so I enjoy helping people be the best they can be. Um, but coach is a great example. My, my kids, you know, they, poke poking me all the time they call me pastor buddy right <laughs> my only kids but you know I, I love i love to help people and i've dedicated the rest of my life to do so well buddy thank you very much we're talking with buddy curry Bari. buddy played eight seasons in the nfl from 1980 to 1987 as a member of the atlanta falcons he went to university of north carolina go tar heels and he was okay. a second second round pick uh, uh in the 1980 draft by the falcons he was the uh, NSL Defensive Rookie of the Year in 1980, along with his teammate Al Richardson. He is a member of the Atlanta Sports Hall of Fame. He is executive director of Kids and Pros. Buddy, what was it like getting into the Atlanta Sports Hall of Fame? Was that a surprise to you? Well, what, what an honor. I mean, uh, there's a lot of athletes that come through Atlanta. You know, a lot. They, I'm selected, <laughs> you know, so that was a, a real honor, one of, the bigger, one of the bigger honors I had. But let me go back to North Carolina just real quick. So when I played as a senior, Lawrence Taylor, LT, was a junior. So on our front seven on defense, we played a 3-4. Of those seven players, we had two number ones picks, two number twos, two number sixes, and a free agent played three years. Wow. And behind them were other we – we were loaded in talent. Who said so, North Carolina's a basketball school? There you go. Who said <laughs> <laughs> At least you, you were there a little before Jordan, but uh, one, one they, year before Jordan, yeah, yeah, that, that was that was cool. Well, buddy, thank you for sharing some stories about your career and about uh, dealing with autograph uh, requests. I know um, you you sign through the mail. You're you're a great signer through the mail. So if anyone has a card that you like to get signed by Buddy, send send it on off. He'll gladly sign it. Uh, I just thank you for your time, Jeff. What a pleasure. Enjoy talking to you. Thanks for what you do. All right. Thank you. You too. I, I enjoyed speaking with you and uh, you'd be good. Okay. Have a good day. See ya. Well, Drew, we finally did it. We wrapped it up. We wrapped yes. up October. We had a nice long show, lots of stuff to talk about. I want to thank first. I want to thank you guys, the listeners for being there. Uh, I hope you enjoyed my interview with buddy. Curry. Barty Curry was a fan, fantastic talk. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you, buddy, for joining us. I want to thank Reggie Lemelin and all the guys at the, uh, the North 
Southeast Collectibles Show in Quincy, Mass. That, that helped bring the guests to the show. Reggie was fun to talk to. Caleb Craig, of course, Collector's Corner. He Another, another great uh, talk with uh, Caleb. I want to thank uh, you know, all the guys for donating to the Lampilla family. We had a, had a, had a great uh, run with them. We have all sorts of fun, a fun promotion coming up next month. Um, all sorts of cool stuff to talk about. Drew, awesome. Awesome show as, as always. Thank you. Um, anything you want to add before I let you go? No, I think that's about it. I mean, uh, like I said, hopefully going to be cranking out some more letters here in the next couple of weeks. And hopefully my uh, TTM returns section will be a little bit beefier there than it has been the last uh, month or so. Well, Drew, I hope you're not late for dinner, you know, yeah. because <laughs> <laughs> we had a long show today, guys. But that. Yeah. Thanks again. Next week, we have Brian Luden from Ludex. Brian is the CEO and founder of Ludex, which is a, a cool new uh, app. So we're going to talk to Brian about that. Um, I believe we'll have Les Wolf on next week. We have, um, I, I think we have another, uh, I think with Tully Bantacane from the New England Patriots will be joining us. So we have, all, we have a, a, a big show coming up next week. I have four interviews scheduled next week. So we're going to have all sorts nice. of content. All the way through uh, November now, we have all sorts of great stuff coming. So uh, I look forward to, we have all sorts of that good stuff. Let your friends know what you do. Guys, send us an email. We love to hear from you. If you have any suggestions, if you want to be a, a guest, if you'd like to be on Collector's Corner, let us know. Send us an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com. All right. I owe Drew 15 cents. We'll get nice. that up. Make sure my Patriots win this week. Uh, <laughs> and that is about it. We're, we are done. Done. I'm, I'm done. I'm done talking, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> Want to wish everyone many happy returns. We'll see you guys next week.